Snakes? Snakes. Snakes? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's January 17, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 166. This is No Agenda. Providing disaster relief to all nations of Gitmo Nation. And all citizens from coast to coast coming to you live from the Minimum Security Containment Cell Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California. In San Francisco, in the morning, I'm confused. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's raining as we speak, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you. In the morning, everybody. It's uh, No Agenda episode 166. And uh, we're off to a, a rocking start. Hey, man, you're right. The, uh, the weather report says we're supposed to have a week of the worst weather in a decade. You know, they're, they're always wrong about that. I the know. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm telling you. That's telling science. You. science. The science is in. It should be pouring right now, and it's just kind of drizzling. It's kind of drizzling. I know. It did yeah. start on time, though. The drizzle started yesterday exactly when they predicted. Yeah, no, they got that part right. But I was looking at the big, you know, if anybody wants to go look at the good satellite map, you you'd go into Google and type in Purdue, like University, Purdue University, Purdue Unisys, U-N-I-S-Y-S, the company, and they have one of the best uh, weather sites there uh, that that bases it most of the stuff on satellite imagery and you get to see all these great satellite uh, shots uh-huh. and they they have 12 hour loops and all the rest of it and i don't know about you but i was looking at this uh, last night to see what the rain was going to be like we're not going to get we're going to get some rain but it's rain, the yeah. pacific northwest oregon in particular is going to get pounded well so they say no i'm sure the map shows they're getting pounded now oh right now hey yeah. john uh, before we delve into uh, uselessness who is this episode's executive producer? We have a number of executive producers. This ah, uh, all executives or some associates? Uh, one executive and some associates. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. So we have uh, our, our new uh, executive producer this week is Roman uh, Vizantine. Roman so, Vizantine? Yeah. Vizzy, V-I-S-I-N-T-I-N-E. Uh, and he is also a knight now. He gave us a thousand dollars. Oh wow! He is officially. Uh, we need a, an official knight sound, actually. Uh, so he, 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 I have to read his message, which I'll read it a second time. Unfortunately, I think he watered it down. But he says, since Adam was so pissed off about the donations on Thursday's show, here is my payment for knighthood. I also signed up for the five dollar a month plan. Suck it, Adam. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> But then he Suck put a it. smiley face next to yeah, it, which yeah, I yeah. thought watered down the whole I, thing. I didn't say that I was, uh, or I wouldn't say I was pissed off. I was just uh, disappointed and depressed. I, I, so don't, I don't think I got, or is, is this an old note from a couple episodes ago when I was pissed off? No, no, this is, you, were, you were irked. Uh, so we have three executive uh, associate producers, uh, Ralph Nelson, N-E-L-L-E-S-E-N from Aachen, Deutschland. Yeah. Oh, there's the 910 on time. Yeah, and he gave us two fifty dot fifty two. Thank you, uh, Russell Ralph. Keller. Uh, oops, he actually wants to be called Bretai. Bretai. Can you spell that for me? B r e e t a i, and he—that uh, was his BBS handle. Uh huh. Hey, nice okay. going, John. Yeah, nice going good. in the witness witness protection program there. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's like having that blue dot over the guy's head and then falling asleep with the joystick. <laughs> yeah, Gritai. <laughs> Gritai. Yes, isn't that bad? 
and then uh, who gave us two hundred bucks, and then Oliver Judge gave us two fifty. He is in um, Canterbury uh, in the United in the uh, Gitmo Nation East. Yeah, Oliver Judge Canterbury. I've flown over there many times. Uh, he, uh, you, you can always tell by the huge cathedral. I don't know if I've ever been to. I may. Where is? I have to think. It's uh, near the uh, east coast of uh, Gitmo Nation. Uh, yeah, I probably haven't been there. I, I tend to always go. Well, the cathedral is amazing, and it's and it's well known, and it's a great landmark. You, know, you you could be, you could be flying in mist and be like, oh, there it is. Hmm. You can't miss it. Of course, if you're <laughs> flying in mist and you see it, you're probably too close. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, whatever the case, uh, thanks to the our, our group of supporters. Well, yeah, they- l- let's not just say thanks, but first, uh, let's congratulate Roman Vicentine on not only being uh, executive producer for this episode of No Agenda 166, but becoming an official knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. We appreciate your donation. Uh, I will indeed suck it now, Roman, uh, right after the show. And uh, as you know, you can put this on your resume. It can get you work. It can get you gigs. It can get you hookers and blow in the right circles. And uh, that also goes for our associate executive producers, Ralph Nalison, Gritai, Gritai, and Oliver Judge. We, uh, we highly appreciate it. Uh, without you, this program wouldn't be possible at all. At all. Right. There's no, there's no difference, by the way, between uh, executive producing an episode of No Agenda or Avatar. It's, it's just true. as valuable. It's just it's as valuable. Yeah, it's, it's a credit. It's exactly the same thing. Uh, we have, uh, then there's a lot of message for some reason this week, we all of our donors, uh, all sent uh, a message with their donation. We have a lot of messages. So the donation, uh, 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 element of this particular, uh, no agenda show will be a little long. Okay. You know, I'm glad you reminded me cause I just have to set the, uh, I have to set the timer. You know, I just mentioned, uh, James Cameron, uh, someone sent me a link. I saw that. And, uh, well, (laughs) the link was, uh, James Cameron must be listening to No Agenda, as here's the quote. Uh, hey, what's this banner that's popping up? Uh, uh, even if he doesn't take home a statue, referring to the Oscars, Avatar's $1.3 billion grosses are already making him feel like king of the world. This, of course, is in reference to him acting kind of like a dick on the last, uh, when he won for, uh, Titanic. Right. Uh, let me put it this way, he says, all those naysayers, the nattering nabobs of negativity, <laughs> the people who are saying the movie looks bad before they've seen anything, you have to learn to ignore them. So there you go. It's the nattering nabobs of negativity. Yeah, I don't think you got that from us. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's The amount of people tuning into this show is, I think, it's becoming, in my view, spectacular. Yeah, no, we have a lot, and a lot of important people. Uh, yeah, there's lots of Hollywood people, there's politicians, I know there's a ton of uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands politicians who are listening, and I know because they send me messages, and they say, hey yeah. man, I'm listening, it's pretty Yeah, pretty we fun. have probably the biggest Dutch audience of any podcast in the United States. Uh, we have a bigger Dutch audience than mainstream media in, in the Lowlands, I'm telling you. Yeah. We're, we're knocking it out of the park there, because the Dutch are so suppressed... That they have to, they need a, they need to let some steam off, and this is the place they can do it. And of course, because we have a very simple formula, you know what it is. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. I got some mouth hitting to do today. All right, start it off. 
Well, I, we, I mean, we guess we just have to start with Haiti. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's just nothing else. All right, I'll just, I, I got, um, I must have 15 different links in, uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, a lot of which kind of come down to, um, what I'm feeling right now about all of this. Uh, first, I would like to say that, uh, I can did. Can I try to out, can I try to out guess, can I try to guess what you might be feeling knowing you? Oh, sure. Go ahead. You think that, uh, the earthquake was created because we're sick of Haiti being such a backwater jerk off place that we decided just to take the place over. Uh, that wasn't exactly what I was going to say. Um, so well, I'm, well, no, I'm, I'm going to separate it. I was going to keep the earthquake machine out of it for a moment, but since you bring it up, I did accurately predict the next earthquake would be in Iran. Magnitude 5.0 yesterday in western Iran. Um, so let's just leave that out of it for a second. But of course, this is being used as a uh, as a friendly invasion uh, of the country of Haiti, which is half of the island of Hispaniola, which of course um, houses the Dominican Republic right on the other side, who had no damage whatsoever. Right? There was not even I don't even know of any I, reports. I don't, I've heard of a report. I don't think a glass fell off the wall. Uh, nothing happened over there because, of course, it was. Not a natural earthquake, but we'll just leave that to the side. Um, here's what here's what I did, John. Uh, in in cases like this, of course, you can't you can't turn on the television without seeing something about Haiti. And here are the memes that I'm seeing, and here's and here's the actual footage that is bothering me so much. So first of all, I see a lot of, uh, and I think uh, Fox News was doing most of this. This just goes to show we're not all assholes. We're there first. We're on the scene. We're Americans. We help people. There was a lot of that going on. But what bothered me the most is all I, you know, all I see is heroic rescue stories. And I have not, I have yet to see a sing. And then, by the way, there's now a uh, super aircraft carrier is there. Um, there's five other warships. We apparently have. Anywhere between seven and, and I've been looking at the official government websites, between seven and 10,000 military, um, either on the ships or on shore. That's very unclear. But not at one, any moment have I seen, um, anyone of authority with a uniform standing saying, all right, we got our shit down. We've got these guys here. We're moving in. We got logistics going on over here. We've got airlifts happening here. We got the, the hospitals being set up over there. Nothing. Not and not a single thing. All I see is news crews rescuing people, the big heroes, the news crews, and and there's a, there's a, a million journalists there. But not, yeah, it looks I don't, like, yeah, I don't you see, think it would see bit or something. Nothing. All I see is blue helmets. Apparently, Bolivian UN workers who were there, um, troops who were there already as peacekeepers. And then the weird stuff is uh, I was watching uh, Anderson Cooper. Uh, we kind of stuck on that because uh, Mickey thinks he's hot looking, and uh, and I got to admit he looks kind of hot in that in his like his his uh, oh. army shirt. Yeah, he's very buff. Yeah, he's an attractive man. Vanderbilt. We should just call him Vanderbilt. Hey, hey, back to the topic. Yeah. Uh, so Anderson Vanderbilt, and he's and so he's got Sanjay Gupta, 
who has a stethoscope around his neck, and he's in it. <laughs> Why? Is, I, We're going to have a heart attack? <laughs> he's got a stethoscope around his neck. It was really weird, though, because uh, yes, uh, Anderson, I'm here in this uh, hospital. There's 25 people who have been operated on, and uh, uh, officials came by and told all the doctors to leave, and, and now it's just me here. And, there's, and I'm like, what? And it's like, there's really weird shit going on there. And by the way, as uh, David Brooks pointed out in the New York Times, there's 10,000 aid organizations in Haiti already. And now we've got all this stuff piling on. Everybody's like, oh, help the Haitians, donate money. And, you know, and I, I put my money into, and I'll tell you where uh, in a minute, because there is some stuff I think is worth donating to. Um, but I have a very, very, very bad feeling about all this. I, and if you look at the history of Haiti, and, and I'm sure you and I will get into some of that, uh, this is just a hostile takeover. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, a friendly hostile takeover. I think and, it's about time. Really? Well, I mean, you know, there's some, now that we, what you, I think you or somebody has dug out, I'm mean, apparently like Hillary's there. Why is Hillary there? This well, is a, well, Hillary, an unsafe place to be, but Hillary's there. She's checking in on her investments in the yeah, yeah, No, no, uh, Hillary has already mentioned, and that's in the show notes. She's already uh, mentioned that she uh, thinks that, you know, after we um, reform, you're hearing this word a lot, it's time for rescue, relief, and reform. This will be the meme, by the that's way. That's the meme, yeah. Uh, reform. Uh, Northern Haiti will become a nice little resort. We, need, be, we, we don't have, we haven't been able to get Cuba back, so we got no place, and all those islands that are all over the place, not very few of them, you know, the Virgin Islands maybe, which is a crap hole, uh, none of these places are really owned by us, uh, and Cuba seems to be, is getting bought up by the Canadians, and that's going to be their place where they're going to go. We don't have a place for, for rich Americans on the East Coast. To go hang out. To go hang out that's owned with that that regen that recycles the money back into the U.S. coffers. Right, we have we have Jamaica, but it's not good enough. And Jamaica's not an American though; it's British, isn't it? Or no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's independent. It's independent. It's, yeah, it's West Indies uh, yes, officially. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, uh-huh. we, we so, needed a good pl- we needed a good place to go hang out. That's for sure. Be um, new. Yeah. We have to build new. So we don't want to, you know, I think there's some, you know, the, I think the focus groups are looking at Cuba because, you know, this is going to eventually be released. And they're going to say, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't think personally I'd love to go to Cuba. And I, as a journalist, can actually go there legally. But uh, John, I'd like John, to- if you keep doing this show, you're going to Cuba, my friend. That little little bit on the south tip there called Gitmo. And <laughs> keep the and show so going. You get a free ticket. So I would like to go to Havana to see the old, you know, falling apart buildings and the 57 Chevys that are still on the road and all that yeah. sort of thing. But you know that a focus group of people that typically go on vacation, they don't want any of that. No, of course they want not. new, clean, you know, cosmetic. pina coladas. That's yeah, they what we want, want. a place to be, you know, just a phony uh resort and so there this is what we're going to do we're going to build a bunch of resorts in the northern part of haiti yep. and uh well, what i'm waiting for is for someone to say boy it's really smart we didn't close gitmo otherwise we wouldn't have all those facilities nearby i'm just waiting for that maybe that could happen so there were already 400 uh, cuban doctors in haiti working i mean the, the people who don't know and I think most of our audience probably does, but it's worth mentioning that Haiti, of course, was already a disaster um, before this happened, uh, certainly Port-au-Prince. And this has all been uh, geopolitical. 
And actually, I was I was thinking about the Pat Robertson quote where he said, you know, that uh, Haiti signed a pact with the devil. He actually, metaphorically speaking, was not far from it because uh, the history of Haiti, and we, we occupied the place between 1915 and 1934, um, but I guess we couldn't get the, uh, the tourist resort up and running fast enough. Um, Haiti, uh, I think... The is, Art Marines built their, uh, that Capitol building that fell over. Yeah, well, there you go. Quality... <laughs> Good work. Yeah, Chinese steel. Pointed out, says where you know you got all these you know these these the army is in there. All these different people yeah, are in ex- there. The except South. for the uh, the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah, which is the only group that makes any sense to be there. No, because you know what's going to come in. It's going to be KBR. It's going to be Halliburton, which is the same company, of course. Uh, it's going to be uh, Blackwater is already rumored to be providing security for news crews. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a whole. A whole quagmire of money-making organizations. Um, but I was going to say that um, the Haitians, as far as I know, are one of the few, if not the only slave um, culture that actually rose up against their slave masters and kicked them out. I think the Dominican Republic is the same thing. Well, Haiti, I just know about the, I've only studied the history of Haiti. So this happened 200 years ago. And what they did then in their infinite wisdom is say, okay, so they, they kicked the, their sl- French slave masters out and they said, you know what? Um, uh, we're going to pay you slave masters, unbelievably enough. We're going to pay you off so that we can participate in world economics, which of course was a fait accompli. You know, that they, they, they could have remained impoverished forever and be cut off from the world. And by the way, I think it was Clinton and George H. Walker Bush who uh, had many embargoes against Haiti. And now they're all, you know, these, these douchebags are like, oh, we're all getting together. It's George W. and Obama and Clinton and oh, we're all for Haiti. These guys have already got their plots picked out up there in the north. They're already ready. They've got their home, they've got their home plans built. They've got the blueprints ready. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think it, well, we're on the topic of uh, Robertson. You might want to play the Behar, the Behar pieces. Oh, I was watching. I, I knew you were going to have this. I was watching because, of course, you inevitably you she's she's right in the middle of all the other channels, and you flip over to CNN. And it's like, oh, jeez, Behar she is talking is about Haiti. She, she has. She's a. She's a yenta. Comic. She's a yenta. This is the def- definition of a yenta. She's a stand-up comic who's decided to become a commentator and she hasn't got the chops for it and let me just play the first part of behar one and then uh, you can stop it as robertson begins but i can assure Ro- you I'm robertson just, yeah just play, no just behar just says joy behar okay Yesterday, Pat Robertson Ah. said the people of Haiti are suffering because in the 1700s, they made a pact with the devil, and they've been cursed ever since. How does he know that? Did he speak to the devil? He must have some long-distance plan. Take a look. Oh, stop. Okay. We could go on and play the Pat Robertson clip. Well, we might as well, because not everyone, we do have new listeners. Not everyone has heard this that we played on the last show. Okay. But the point is, we already deconstructed what he was saying right, right but here on the I show. What I want to mention here is that out of the blue, because as you know, I've gotten to a beef over some quotes that were, where I was misquoted. Out of the blue, because she's such a genius, <laughs> Pat Robertson specifically says Napoleon III. 
Napoleon III's reign of power was pretty much around 1860. She specifically <laughs> said the 1700s. Does she think that Napoleon III was in the 1700s, or is she mixing up her Napoleons, or what is what is she? She's, as far she, as she knows, she, Napoleon is it's a brandy, made, it's a cognac. He never, he never says yeah, it's a brandy. <laughs> it's a Napoleon cognac. She he never says in the 1700s anywhere, but she says he did. Yeah, because you know 1700, 1800. What, what does what does a hundred years difference make? It doesn't make no difference. Okay, let's listen because it's worth listening to Pat Robertson again. I want to hear it as well because uh, I think he was actually saying something kind of smart there. Hold on. Something happened a long time ago in Haiti, and uh, people may not want to talk about it. They were. By the way, that's the smart way to do it. Just say a long time ago. That's. I'm going to do that myself. It's a yeah, long but he time does, ago. He, he isolates it. Yeah, he does. Under the heel of the French. Uh, you know, Napoleon the Third and whatever. And they got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you'll get us free from the French. Hmm. True story. And so the devil said, okay, it's a deal. But ever since, they have been cursed by, by one thing after the other. True story. Yeah. With me now to discuss is Ariana Huffington, co-founder uh, and managing editor of the HuffingtonPost.com. Oh, uh, you should have texted me, man. I would have loved to have seen this. Have those two on at the same time? That's oh, fantastic. It's actually worse. It gets worse. Uh, let me listen to this. Um, Ari I, I, Nelber. I cut it off. I don't really play much. Well, go ahead. I just a little bit. Just to hear her. I just want to hear her go, oh, joy. Corresponding with The Nation and Frank Schaefer, author of Patience with God, Faith for People Who Don't Like Religion. Welcome. Ariana, are you hard? Horrified by these remarks from Robertson? Well, you know what, Joy? Uh, Andy Borovitz said it best in a blog post on the Huffington Post today. He said that God... Boy, she gets her plugs in early, doesn't she? Oh, she's yeah, pretty, right off good, the bat. She's good at that. Considers Pat Robertson a public relations nightmare. And she thinks that he's become... Boy, that's so smart, Ariana. You're so intellectual. <laughs> nah, he, he, in a way, you know, it, the metaphor... Is right, and actually, I would say the devil in this case would be the IMF, who, by the way, has um, has offered another sixty-five million dollar, or yeah, I think it's sixty-five million dollar loan, um, but only if uh, minimum wages are, which is, it's always been about minimum wage in Haiti, uh, if those are frozen or busted up, and electricity prices can go up. This is all the caveats they've got on the loan. It's the fine print. Well, that's, that's the new devil. Yeah. So. Uh, Okay, so we'll we'll just assume that. But anyway, now you got to. Here's what's funnier: you've got to play the next Behar clip because she's asking around the horn and she's just flabbergasted that this guy. But here's the thing that really gets me: the next comment made by this this guy from the Nation just galled me. Oh, is this is this this douchebag who? Um, he he knows everything, right? Oh, so does Behar. No, but this guy has worked together. They're like Yenta and Yatka. Oh, let's go. feminists and gays. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's the show right there. But when he says a uh, true story. No, but Pat Robertson agreed with him. Oh, yeah, they agreed with each other. Uh, but, you know, the, the question is, is he crazy? He says, and then the devil said. I mean, maybe he's just mentally ill. What do you think, Ari? You know, I just think that what you're seeing is the really ugly side of this right-wing movement. You know, oh. there are people sitting at what home going, right why right-wing movement? <laughs> The right wing movement. Who, of what right wing movement? It was Clinton who did away with all of the uh, rice imports so that U.S. rice could go in and uh, actually um, forced Haiti to lower their import tariffs on rice, which which 
completely destroyed uh, the entire uh, rice industry, and everyone's eating U.S. rice, even though they can grow their own. And he's a, what is he, a Democrat. Hey, yeah, but besides that, Pat Robertson comes on with this crazy story about, you know, the devil coming down and shaking hands and signing a document or whatever. I mean, it's just Pat Robertson. I mean, this he's been saying crazy stuff like this. It doesn't make any difference. This is not a right-wing movement. No, he's just a dude. With a just TV a show. With just a TV a show. We have to talk about this. And the truth is, not only do we have to talk about it, we have to confront it because this person has a following. And I do believe they say they see God's this. hand in these actions and bad things happen to bad people. It's a reverse of, of the explanations we usually hear because they think these folks are getting punished. And then it comes with a right-wing ideology. In other words, it's not just religious. It's also, as you said, gays and feminists. It's wrong. We have to stand up to it. That's and and right. important point here is... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's gays and feminists. It's gays. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> like crazy talk. Oh, man. All right. So all so I'm the seeing. Guy, they don't get this straight. He says that some deal was done with Napoleon III back in the 1860 or as Joy would have in the 1700s. And now this has something to do with gays and feminists. Yeah, they're to blame. I don't know what, what is this guy, this guy, that's, this, by the way, this show must have no ratings. No, it, it has huge yes. ratings. Are no. you kidding me? Yes, yes, it has huge ratings. The Joy Behar yes, show? Yes, yes, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see, Joy, I'll look it up right now. Oh. Behar, yeah, you'd be amazed, you'll be amazed, it's like a ratings bonanza, I'm telling you. Solid debut. Uh, Who listens to this idiot? Idiots. Other idiots. Yeah, she's doing. Uh, she's doing about a point five, a point six. That's that's probably well with with this coverage now. She's probably lower than the uh, the overall rating right now because of the you know everyone switches on these these uh, cable channels, the cable news. But you're not seeing anything. This is what's pissing me off. All you're seeing. I, I watched for fifteen minutes. Uh, uh, Anderson Vanderbilt. Sitting, standing there in Haiti, talking to two people back in America, in uh, I think on the West Coast, who had adopted a Haitian child, and the child is on camera in a third window, looking real happy, by the way, you know, touching the camera and everything, and and they're like, oh, and they're crying, oh, we can't see our adopted child, <laughs> like what? And it went on for fifteen minutes. And it was like, how do you feel now knowing that you can't visit your child? The child was great. You know, the orphanage was destroyed. I mean, I'm not saying this isn't a huge problem. But it was like, move on already. And then, uh, you know. Well, I got I, I got a topper. So uh, if you want to, I think the absolute best coverage, it, which actually my son JC and I both watched this at the same time and just fell out of our chairs when we heard this line. Uh Democracy Now. Okay. Uh, they didn't, instead of putting people on the street, play the Democracy Now clip. This is their coverage of Haiti. From Kim Ives from Brooklyn, who is a journalist with a newspaper, Haiti Liberté. Kim, can you read us some of the tweets that you're getting right now? <laughs> well, Haiti. Most of the tweets have been coming from uh, Richard Morse, a musician and uh, manager of the Olufsen Hotel, the historic Olufsen Hotel in uh, Port-au-Prince. Uh, he has... Uh, 
been keeping people abreast, uh, talking about the um, buildings falling down. If the Montana Hotel and Hotel Christopher are gone, I don't know where the UN leadership is. That was uh, 28 minutes ago. Uh, Hotel Christopher. <laughs> wait, wait, so they've got a guy in Brooklyn reading the tweets. Reading the tweets that anybody could read. <laughs> and this is news. <laughs> Oh, my so goodness. So, what tweets have you received lately? Oh, Let's go around goodness. the table. Uh, Who are you your tweets from? Who are you following? This is crap. So, um, immediately, um, you know, there's lots of organizations who, uh, you know, you can uh, text a number and then uh, money will be deducted or will be added onto your phone bill, which, by the way, I don't think is a really good way to do it because the money actually doesn't start to flow until you pay your bill. And a lot of people, of course, will dispute that, and it's, uh, that's always a messed up. But Wyclef Jean, he, uh, he, he was right up there in the front. He, he got in real quick with his, uh, with his charity, and a lot of people were tweeting about that. Uh, then AP releases a report. You've always got a question uh, where this comes from, but uh, groups that vet charities are raising doubts about the organization backed by Haitian-born rapper. He's a little more than a rapper, by the way. Wyclef Jean. Uh, questioning its accounting practices and ability to function. Uh, so there's this... They, actually, they got in pretty deep. Uh, it's questionable, says Art Taylor, president and chief executive of the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance based in Arlington, Virginia, home of the spooks. Taylor reviewed IRS tax returns for the organization, also known as the Yale Haiti Foundation, from 2005 to 2007. So this guy, like, within seconds, he's like, hey, I've got to go check the IRS records. Uh, red flags all over the place. Um, and you yeah, should, this, you should read the article. This has to be set up in advance. Totally. There's no way you get to a story like that so quickly. No, and this came out on... So, uh, so obviously this... This came this, out on Friday, John. Friday, they were already saying, uh, because you know what it is, a lot of these things are scams. Yeah, and they're probably somebody that already knows they're a scam. They're just waiting for some opportunity to blow this story out. And because uh, you don't do, you do, don't develop a story like that this quickly. It's no. just not humanly possible. No, I mean, and, and he's, he's going all the way back to uh, 2005. And uh, oh, uh, the smoking gun is involved in this story as well. Yeah, the smoking gun was a triggering mechanism for the story's release. And it makes me wonder now about what do, what purpose does the smoking gun actually serve to the community at large and specifically the intelligence community? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, bottom line, I would have to say that uh, first and foremost, this is a uh, uh, this is, of course, a, a, a horrible disaster, a, a humanitarian disaster. Um, but it's being misused for. Uh, two main purposes. One, um, with the meme that "Oh, America is great. We we're the we're the ones there. We're helping everybody out. Stop calling us imperialists." And uh, two, it is totally being used um, as uh, as as a means for a, a takeover, complete takeover. Yeah, no, no doubt about I, I it. I think it's about time. Well, I see. I, I I find that hard to believe that you would have that uh, 
That opinion. What do you mean? It's a, it's about time. We've already really kind of been controlling the country yeah, as, as one of many. Such a crappy job of it. It's been done with you know these these kind of embargoes and then the, and then running these guys out of town. The various guys we don't like running the place. We find some way to get rid of them. And yeah, we, they, we 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 took Aristide out and threw him into the jungle. Aristide's got like a billion of our dollars. That the do those other guys, the Duvaliers or whatever they are, by Baby Doc, Papa Doc, those two idiots. They they walked out with millions and billions, and you know, so it's. So you're saying this is a good thing? So yeah. And what good will come of it for the indigenous people of Haiti? The, well, this is like kind of one of the one of the things you have to. They want. can be, they can become waiters. That's I hate to and limbo and limbo dancers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's, we can, we've tried everything else. We have to do this. We're not. Well, gonna, they're never going to run the damn place by themselves. You give them. You, you pass some money over there as a, as a goodwill gesture of any sort, and the guy either puts it in his pocket or if he gives it to somebody else, that guy puts it in his pocket. The money never gets down to anything. But if you actually set up shop there and have you know set up, you, you we know, already the, have sweatshops there. Well, we can now have official ones. Someone in the control over the sweatshops. At least we can make them so they're safer. I mean, the, I think it will improve the situation. I think. I think twenty years from now, you're going to look back at Haiti as some sort of miracle. Interesting. Uh, interesting thesis. Well, okay. So uh, it's an imperialistic concept. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it kind of totally. you think. <laughs> but they do it. But it's it's being done so slick. I mean, you've observed it yourself. Yeah, the Clintons are in on the deal. The Everyone's in, are on, in on the deal. They're going to yeah. own the property up in the northern part. It's going to be replaced. What Cuba is going to be? Here's another one: casinos. Yeah, oh, casinos. casinos right. Up all over the place, and it's going to benefit the people. It's already a tax haven, right? It's already uh, a, a lot of. Yeah, it's a big tax haven. Yeah, that makes right. a lot of sense. Oh, you know what? It, it, you know, in a way, you're right. It's a lot closer by than Paraguay. Yeah, it's closer than Paraguay, and it's a good jumping-off spot to Paraguay if you have to get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) Notice they they didn't have the earthquake machine wreck the airport. (laughs) That still kind of works. I did want to mention, if you want to actually help some people, there's uh, a husband and wife who run the Schweitzer Hospital about 80 80 miles north of Port-au-Prince, and they've been running that for about 10, 12 years uh, and that's a that's the real deal. And uh, they, of course, are not overwhelmed with uh, casualties that are coming up north. And I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, noagendashow.com. If you want to donate some money, I would suggest doing it to that because that's a, that's the real deal. It's a, it's a, it's not a you know it's not a huge organization where your money usually doesn't arrive anywhere; just goes into the organization. And uh, they've got a little PayPal account set up, so I I, uh, I handed some bucks over to them. I thought that would be good. That came through my cousin Lucy. She oh. uh, yeah, and she's and she's right on board with me. She's like, dude, we've been screwing that country for so long. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, and 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 the news organizations were definitely in one way or another in on the deal. They're embedded. If you look at the department, uh, you know, all the, the the DOD or the DHS websites, uh, there it was like a lottery. Like we have twenty seats available on the next C one thirty heading over there. Call this number and get your seat now. It's like it was like last last minute travel tickets. So everyone's jumping on board. Every country in the world has their embedded journalists. Um, embedded in what? Because I don't see any uniforms other than a couple of blue helmets. But the the coverage is literally 
I'm seeing the same footage over and over again. Yeah, I'm, and, and, and I'm seeing, and, and this is what I don't understand. I don't even see any camcorder stuff. I was seeing no. people with their little handheld no. phones. No. no, but what I what what freaks me out is you'll have these interviews, and it's like a mother and twin sons, and like we were buried under rubble rubble for hours, and it was completely messed up, and we were saved after 36 hours, and they've got completely mat. The twins have matching outfits. They're completely clean, showered, hairbrushed, brand new suits on. She's wearing a clean T-shirt. I don't get it. I thought there was no water. I think people couldn't shower. I mean, it's confusing. My brain hurts from this type of information. And they're also showing footage from other earthquakes. Yeah. They're showing aerial See, footage from other countries, from other earthquakes. Like it's a devastated building, and they just throw it in. Yeah. So um, and 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 what are the what are the real reports? It's like first it was it was half a million, then it was fifty thousand, then it was maybe hundred thousand. Now it's thousands and thousands. And what I've seen is Anderson Cooper Vanderbilt um, in front of a a mound, and you see a truck drive up. And I gotta say, it's a pretty gruesome uh, shot that he did there. But you know, a truck rolls up and it dumps a dump truck, literally. And it dumps out all this debris, and there's probably 10, 15 bodies uh, mangled throughout the debris. And it's nasty to look at, but I'm not necessarily... Just show it. I need to see lots of dead people, like the, like the tsunami. You know, that, that, that impacted me. When you remember you saw that picture, you thought, wow, that's a lot of twigs and trees in the water there. Oh, crap, those are people. Those are bodies. But you don't see this. now. So it's all under these buildings. I don't know, John. I, I got a, a weird, weird freaking feeling about this. There's so much that doesn't add up in the coverage. Uh, they're all over the place. They've got their, cam- their cameras everywhere. And all I see is they keep news, news crews keep rescuing babies. That's what it is. It's CNN rescuing babies in Haiti. I don't see. And where's the interviews with the officials? We've got 10,000 troops there. We got Marines. We've got the the commander of of the Southern Command was in Haiti before this took place. Why can't we talk to this guy? I don't know. The whole thing is 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 weird. I it, I agree. The coverage is offbeat, and there's way too many and there's way too many people over there for so little coverage coming out. Uh, and it's and there's a lot of rep- repetitive scenes. And in fact, I was looking for some photos today. None to, to run on the blog. And I and looking for some slideshows and or anything and with all these you know the ease of transmitting this stuff I mean there's satellite phones that could be bouncing images easy yeah all, back to New York it should have been, happened days ago and I'm not seeing anything that's uh, you know there was one some series of footage I saw with the showing a few guys walking down the street with machetes and you know pushing people aside you know punks so uh, something that and then there's yeah. a couple. There's a couple of scenes of one long street with people walking up and down it with, you know, I don't see, I don't know. The whole thing is rather baffling. And yeah. there, I, and there's not a lot of, where's all the fires there should be? And usually when there's an earthquake, yeah, there's no fires. Of- the Heritage Foundation uh, published this little ditty. Uh, you want to just give a quick background on the Heritage Foundation, John? The Heritage Foundation is the leading right-wing think tank in the world. In addition to providing immediate humanitarian assistance, the U.S. response to the tragic earthquake in, in Haiti offers opportunities to reshape Haiti's long dysfunctional government and economy, as well as to improve the public image of the United States in the region. That's it. That's it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. 
we're going to take over the place and then turn it around into some fancy place. And we can say, look, it's a, and it, by the way, that's going to be the, the meme is going to be the miracle that is Haiti or. Oh, Haiti that's right. Miracle. Come to it. Boom, 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 boom. Come see the miracle of Haiti. Enjoy your pina colada in the safety of the compound. Boom, 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 boom. That's what it's going to be. I can see the commercials already. It's going to be great. Let's book early, John. White beaches, sand beaches, white sand beaches. They'll bring the sand in. It'll be like Waikiki. A lot of people don't realize that the Waikiki Beach, the great Waikiki Beach, is bogus. That sand is rocks, isn't it? No, no, it's a beautiful. I mean, without the sand that they brought in. Yeah. But you know, you can bring sand in anywhere. Stuff's cheap, and so uh, you know, you load it up in Saudi Arabia, bring it over, dump it on the beaches in northern Haiti, put it in front of the uh, Hotel Clinton, and boom, you're there. Anyway, I uh, I stand by my uh, assertion that this was uh, not a natural disaster, uh, particularly when you see there is some footage I think and and it's it was like boiling water. There's all kinds of weird reports coming out about what happened just prior to the earthquake. Uh I remain by my I stand by my assertion that this was a uh, an earthquake machine better known as a scalar weapon. Uh also known as longitudinal wave interferometers or Tesla howitzers. Uh, this has been talked about, uh, the Russians, even uh, Khrushchev, Khrushchev talked about this uh, 40 years ago when he said, we have a new weapon. It's fantastic. It could wipe out all life on Earth. Uh, and I've put a couple of links in the show notes if you just want to read up on that. Uh, the technology is real. The technology has been around for uh, almost 100 years. And you've got a question where this is being used. And uh, I find this an amazing occurrence. I find it Phenomenal that nothing has happened in uh, uh, the Dominican Republic. Nothing. It's the same island. Yeah, it's just one. It is, it's, it's, it, there's a mountain range between the two countries. Right. And as I predicted, uh, the next earthquakes uh, will be in Iran, and already that's happening. A 5.0 yesterday, and there will be more. No, that was in Venezuela, wasn't it? No. Yeah, there was no yesterday. 5.0 Western uh, Iran. I thought there was a Venezuelan earthquake too. Oh, that'd be that'd be a good. This is another target, if yeah, you think. But it's all it's all targeted. It really. This is harp. This is what's going on. This is how yeah, it works. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, there's a lot of people. In fact, including the left wing nutters. You know, the ones that go way off the. Are end. you calling me a nutter? Did I say that? I said <laughs> left wing nutters, including. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who say what? This is an earthquake machine. Well, I mean, Naomi Klein apparently is like one of them, and she is like one of the worst. And all she does is uh, she's complain. Canadian, you know. Oh, is she now? Yeah, that's right. I did know that, but yeah. she's in there with the with the Thom Hartman <laughs> as the uh, left wing nutters and um, Thom and the Canadian. They should do it. They do. Hey, everybody, it's Thom and the Canadian in the morning. How you doing? <laughs> That'd be pretty good. And then uh, my favorite was, uh, and this was great from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Love this one. A uh, politician from the, I believe, the Dutch Labor Party, uh, Chantal Gillard, uh, tweeted out, If we don't act now, we'll have many more natural disasters like Hades. Science! Science! And, of course, she did this in Dutch. And, uh, and we don't the, act now, what is that supposed to, what are we supposed to do? It literally, I am translating on the fly. Uh, if we do not act now, disasters like the one that just took place in Haiti, uh, will continue to happen. We have to 
uh, attack climate change now and and uh, save the coast of the islands. The science is in. But what was great was, although this gets a very small mention in the mainstream media, the tweet, the the Twitter sphere was like people were just like the funniest shit. It was like entertainment. I had to follow this woman just for the entertainment value alone. People were slamming her so hard. It was fa- it was fantastic. But of course, Danny Glover said more or less the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, although it was taken way out of context. When I actually saw what he said, it was like, eh. Reminds me that, you know, that Joy Behar again, going off on Rush Limbaugh. What is he, a climate expert? He says there's no blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what, is Danny Glover a climate expert? I mean, what is he got to, what's he got to do with it? Who cares? Yeah. It's climate change. He got nothing to do with this earthquake? <sighs> no, it's a scalar weapons. Well, Please. Go that far, but... It's definitely weird that you'd have an earthquake there now. Yeah, first one in uh, at least 100 years, conservatively, and certainly 200. But it is weird, and just the whole thing is weird. Um, but of course... I mean, it's, dur- a, it's a ring of fire where, all the, where most of the action takes place due to the nature of the tectonic plates. And the ring of fire, of course, is the Pacific Rim and uh, where all the volcanoes and earthquakes mo- mostly occur, and then they have something like this in the middle of Nowheresville. Just as odd, especially a whopper like that. Anyway, of course, what we have to be, and I say this to all of our No Agenda listeners slash producers, we have to be very, very diligent in times like these, because when the, this is going on and the news media is all focused on saving babies, uh, that's when other shit takes place that you that is not reported on. And we really got to be looking out for what's happening because a lot of things are coming down. We've got all kinds of uh, uh, elections happening at a local level. We've got uh, just tons of stuff that will go completely unreported. I think, don't we have a, a huge, I'm sure the health care bill, something's going to pass real quietly. A lot of stuff is just going to, whoops, where'd that go? Yeah, I agree. Um, just a fantastic opportunity to start doing stuff yeah so i would i would like to uh refer back to the previous program for two two uh well one quick comment first of all um mia culpa uh mickey was not not caring about the show and she was not hating you uh when she uh interrupted with skype on the last show she actually booted up skype on her iphone uh, and uh, and it sent in a message. She thought something was wrong because I had sent her a message the night previously, and it came in as if as if it was a new message with a new timestamp, and so that's why she called. So she 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 was like, "Wow, I, something must be really bad." I mean, you know, the, he should be doing the show right now. All right, she's off the hook, and yes. you look yeah. like a douche. Yes, correct. Uh, once again, uh, you however, Shelly Berman. <laughs> However, um, she did There's catch a number of listeners out there that get that reference. So why don't you hand it to us? What is Shelley Berman? Shelley Berman's a very famous stand-up comic back in the 50s and 60s, and he was in the same league at the time as Mort Saul, Jonathan Winters, uh, Bob Newhart. And, and Shelley Berman was actually the fourth one of these superstars of the era. And he was kind of full of himself. You still see him as an actor now and again, but his career was ruined by a, 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 a documentary done about him, and I think it was done by DuPont. Uh, and I actually watched this as a little kid. This this thing, and it, I, when I saw it, I knew it was a it was a, a disaster. 
he did kind of maudlin Jewish humor that entailed a lot of pathos, including a bit that he liked to do, which was a phone call to his mom, dear mom who was dying or something. I can't remember what the bit was about, but it, but it, it was a long phone call type thing. And I think he modeled it after Bob Newhart's success doing phone call bits or Newhart maybe got it from him, whatever the case. So he's there. So they're filming this thing on this documentary about about Shelley Berman, and so he's on the phone. He's blah, 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 and then oh, mom, you know, just as just as it's getting bad, a, a real phone starts ringing off stage uh-huh. behind him, and you can see him kind of steaming. He still goes to think, but the phone just keeps ringing, ring, 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 and so okay, so he's done with the bit. He, he goes off stage and blows up. I mean, and they record the whole thing, and he is chewing out everybody, poor little, you know, assistants, associates, little girls, you know, babies. <laughs> he's yelling and screaming, and he's making a huge fuss, and he's just completely, completely off the deep end with this, you know, accusing people of this, that. Yeah, and yeah, we get it. So they ask him, he said, "Look, we filmed this, you know, for this document. This, this is the guy. Oh no, go ahead and use it." <laughs> He gives them the go-ahead. You know, they'll understand. It shows the better part, the other side of me, blah, blah, blah. Because he was such an egotist that he didn't even realize. Boom. Career over. Oh, well, so what you're saying is my career is now over. No, it could have been. You were going off the deep end in public. All right. So thanks for that uh, diversion. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, where's the applause machine? I'm sorry I asked. I need a laugh track here. Yeah, you do. All right. So, um, but she did catch on as I was, uh, you know, we, of course, we always review the show. And, uh, and I start talking about, uh, Chantix. And I start reading some of the emails that we have received from people. Now, for, if you missed the last show, we played a commercial and it's still running. I saw it. Uh, and by the way, the, she's not hot at all. The mom who's taking the chantix in the commercials. I never I've seen said it she now. was hot. You said you'd think she was hot. I don't oh, think I so. Oh, I said you'd think she was yeah, hot. Yeah, not. Just say, just say yeah, no. Just, that was a guess I was wrong. Bad guess. Real bad. Insultingly so. And uh, <laughs> she's like a Joy Behar. Ah, yeah, she is. Yeah. And, um, and, and Mickey says, oh, my God. My doctor pushed that on me just actually just before we met. She had, <laughs> which was, of course, like, no uh-huh. wonder she likes you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, she said, oh, you know, I, I wanted to stop smoking anyway. And uh, and the doctor said, oh, you have to try this. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle drug, I tell you. And, of course, Mickey is very in touch with her with her body, you know, with the, the yoga and the acting. And she's and immediately she knew that this was weird. But she did, it did actually she stopped smoking and then she stopped the Chantix. She said she went freaking insane. And it took her about 10 days, and she absolutely had to. It was complete withdrawal, major cold turkey, um, trying to kick off of this stuff. It was a nightmare, she said. It is the most, it is a horrible hallucinogenic drug. And that, and, 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 and and literally says, and, and she started, that was the only thing that helped her was to start smoking again. That's what got rid of all the, all the horrible um, detox of getting this out of her system was to start smoking again. Uh, but that corroborates, and I just want to give a couple of these um, of these emails. Uh, 
Uh, Brian from Austin, Texas. I did Chantix. I, I, we're even talking about it like a drug. I did Chantix. I was a lifelong smoker. 52, smoked since I was 16 or 17. Amazing how well this stuff works. You just stop wanting to smoke. For a while, I was raving about it, telling my, my friends it's fantastic. And you even get a little light buzz while you're on the stuff, similar to the one you get after a six-hour flight and a dash to the sidewalk to choke down a cig. Yeah, we all know that buzz, don't we? And so by week eight, he had completely stopped. He says, now the bad. I'm a pretty level-headed guy with a bit of a temper. Now I go from zero to ready to rip your heart out in seconds. Also, the depression. I've always been the glass half full guy, happy joker, life of the party. But I started to get sad, not while taking it, but when I stopped, which is the hallmark of a great drug, by the way, from a financial standpoint. Oh, yeah. I'm talking serious depression, sad, not suicidal, but damn close. All this at a time when everything is going so well. It's been months. I see no change in attitude or outlook. I think this shit is seriously has seriously messed up my head. So that's uh, Brian in Texas. Then we have uh, Hunter from, uh, I don't know where he's from. Very, very bad stuff. My wife took this at the doctor's urging. You mean the pusher. Side effect was psoriasis, skin disorder. That's the, that is the potentially lethal skin disease we were talking about, John. Because psoriasis can kill you. You can die from it. Then there's uh, Levi. And, and Levi, my girlfriend recently started Chantix and can attest to the insane dreams. This is how the drug works. You take it for a while. You keep smoking. Then for the next three weeks, you take the pill two times a day. It does make you very depressed if you don't eat the pill you get pretty bad nausea and it never stops and then the final one from emily a female listener i got i just got to read this this is like ah, it's the first drug i've ever taken that i didn't read the little insert for i just wanted to quit smoking because my doctor said my smoking was actually working as a catalyst for my cervical cancer and seeing as I've read a U of M study that said smoking was a catalyst for people more susceptible to cancer, I figured I'd better quit right away, seeing as I already had cancer. My doctor mentioned that it can cause stomach upset, which I didn't care about, and also goofy dreams. I like goofy dreams, so the ideas seem pretty dandy. There you go. This is what we always say. People like it when you say this can cause goofy dreams. Like, hey, that's a good drug. I'll try that. Man, other things have started to happen. Severe depression, which is normal for me, so it's no big deal. Mania. I see shit. Think of Aurora Borealis in the middle of the day. I'm angry at people for no reason. In fact, I think I'm a total bitch now. I really don't think I was one before. One day I was going super nuts. I locked myself in my room in the dark and just saw little dancing creatures I knew weren't even there. How could they be there? Little demon cr creatures. Give me an effing break. I hate everybody. I really do. I hate you, Adam, but I think you're cute and I don't want to kill you. And I want <laughs> to kill people. I don't usually want to kill people. I fantasized a few times about in pregnancy but nothing in normal life so yeah i've experienced all the side effects that you guys talked about except the life-threatening skin condition and i'm really pissed off that my doctor would prescribe something that can kill me right away to combat something that will kill me over time i'm sorry this is so nutty i'm usually really nice xxxoxxxo emily so uh needless to say i've decided not to guinea big this stuff <laughs> <laughs> My God, it, it, it's amazing. 
This is I'm sure that after reading those four letters, you'll probably get another dozen. Because and it, what's amazing to me is that a doctor would push this crap. But this, they, they're, they're pushing everything. They're getting paid to push it. It is a legal drug trade. It is app, and this is a perfect drug. It's a great one. You can't stop it. If you stop, then you go nuts. Well, this is like uh, heroin, cocaine, crack. This is what it is. This is a great drug. How does this stuff ever get approved by the FDA? Well, the same. Where is the FDA in in this world? Whatever happened to them? Well, these are the same guys that when Rumsfeld uh, got uh, uh, what's the sh- what's the sweetener? Aspartame. 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 Yeah. yeah, the FDA kept refusing it until. Uh, uh, the the first Bush administration got in, and then Rumsfeld got in, and boom, new guy at the FDA, boom, done. It's all over. And who do we have now at the FDA? The former consultant for Burger King, Peggy, is her name? Peggy. Peggy. Yeah, some woman. I saw her giving testimony on C-SPAN the other day. And I said, "Why is this woman the head of the FDA? She's just an obvious apologist for 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 for." Corruption. Her husband is uh, in the pharmaceutical business, I believe, because she is a neighbor of Cousin Lucy. And they're loaded, like super-duper loaded rich. And she couldn't decide whether she wanted to be on the local PTA or the FDA. It has three letters, ends in an A. It'll be just as fun to do. That's what's going on. And, of course, she has lots of experience as a consultant for Burger King. Yeah, like all the rest of the. And by the way, she's fat, and she's fat. Let me. What's her name again? I think she's fat. I think she is Peggy FDA. Yeah, I think she is. I think she is. Let me see. Yeah, I don't remember her being fat. I just Doctor Margaret Peggy Hamburg. Hamburger. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Her name was Hamburg. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. She's not fat. Ms. Hamburg. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not right. She's not fat. She's one of. You got to look at her. She's one of those Sibelius types, isn't she? Yes. Yes, right. That's what it is. Hold on. You got to look at her. You will look at, you know how when you get older, John, like me and you, and you can, you can recognize a certain type of personality just by looking at someone and it's always right. Oh yeah. Look at her. Yeah. I've got it. I got to click to you. Margaret A. Hamburg, MD, better known as Peggy Hamburger, was confirmed May 18th by unanimous Senate voice vote. Which means they didn't actually count the votes. Uh, oh, yeah. So let's see. Graduated Harvard Medical School. She was New York President of Internal Medicine. Conducted research on neuroscience. Yeah, she looks exactly like in in the San Francisco Bay Area. There's a certain type of person. Totally. Let me give you another anecdote. Not to bore you, Stiff. No, no, I love that. She looks looks like the typical uh, uh, wife of a VC. What's the yeah a VC? He's got the pearls, <clears throat> but there's a let's say area in uh, San Francisco. She looks so concerned. I'm here for your health and safety. What's the area? It's not Knob Hill. It's Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights. Yeah, she's a classic <laughs> Pacific Heights dingbat. And here's, I always remember one time I was at some event that was down on the marina, and there's this big, and there was a military group there, and. Uh, and she, and there's a woman who looks just like this walking her her chihuahua along the <laughs> along the grass and she goes up to this this big sergeant marine sergeant he has a bunch of equipment that he's showing off and she says oh oh what is that and the guy says it's an anti personnel mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and she says, oh, really? I have a friend who works in personnel. And uh, then she walks off. Oh, my God. Hamburg's mother, Beatrix, was the first African. Oh, she's uh, half black. I don't see any evidence of that. No, first, well, no, she she could she could be like more Creole with the freckles and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamburg's mother, Beatrix, was the first African American woman to attend Vassar College and earn a degree from Yale University School of Medicine. Her father, David, had a career in academic medicine and mental illness research, public policy, and philanthropic leadership. Sounds like a think tanker. She's married to, oh, here it is, artificial intelligence researcher Peter Fitzhugh-Brown. I thought, the guy is loaded, though. I know that they got a lot of dough. Mm. It sounds like a, you know, you know, I just got a note from our, one of our uh, producers saying that uh, Pfizer plans Shantex ad blitz to <laughs> counter scrutiny. An ad blitz? Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, well, they got to move this stuff before they get it, before it gets pulled. But it is amazing. They ju- they just tell you right out there, this is what it's going to do. And you know what? It does it all. It does all that bad stuff. It absolutely does it. <laughs> yeah, they're not lying to you. It comes through on the promises, but how in the hell that can actually be pushed upon the public, you know, by these doctors who are clearly being paid to push it. It's a legal drug system. It's completely legal. It's awesome. And you know what, John? We're not in the game. Nope. We're not in the game. Serving a higher cause. Hell yeah. On that note, Brother Dvorak, in the morning to you. you, So so we're going to go over some of the people that gave us money for the last few days. And uh, and this is going to take a while because everybody seems to have left a note. Yeah, it's, Uh -uh. it's it's not like all those. We're off to a very poor start of 2010. Yeah. Um, But at least the people who sent in money had something to say which is kind of nice i think if if it's dumb don't say it let me run off well i'm no i'm gonna be judicious but let me run off first let me run off the people who gave us 50 to 100 dollars just to just casually uh eric henderson south san francisco ron vital vital dick vital vital ron vital uh in haverton pennsylvania who uh, runs the podcouple.com go check it out that sounds like a a wife swapping show P-O-D-D couple dot mm. P-O-D-D couple dot com. Uh, and then we have a, in, in Viennin, Netherlands. Is it Viennin? V-I-A-N-E-N? Uh, Viannen. Viannen. That's right south of Utrecht. And this is on behalf of my son, Hugo Y.S. Brand. Eisbrand. Eisbrand. Pieters. P-I-E-T-E-R-S. Pieters. I'd love to hear you butcher that one, John. <laughs> Good job, uh, my friend. Success. And it's, act- and it's actually, the woman is Mikey, M-A-A-I-K-E. Micah. Micah Bulsma, B-O-E-L-S-M-A. Bulsma. Okay, I got that. All right. Hey, John, <laughs> just say this. Lick me right. No. Uh, <laughs> Paul Benita of Munich. Um Joseph Harper of Arnold, uh, Maryland. John Trainer, uh, who's pushing his uh, his night thing. Ernst, Ernie Ernst of Zurich, who does have a message I want to read. Uh, Keith McBride of Gibsonia, Pennsylvania. And uh, here's another one. Um, Flores Jan Mauritz. <laughs> Flores Jan Mauritz. Mauritz. F I E D E L D I J. Spell that again. F I E D. 
F-I-E-D, yeah. E-L. D-I-J. Fetal Dyke. Dop, D-O-P. Fetal, uh, whatever. I don't care. I, <laughs> He's my, from... My brain hurts. Fermerind. Fermerind. <laughs> Dude, yeah. what, this, this is just, we can't even get through the names. When are we getting to the notes? Pete Sneaks, P-E-E-T-S-N-E-E-K-E-S. Snakes. You might, snakes? Snakes on a snakes. plane. Snakes so, on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so we said something that really got the, the Dutch sending money. They all, a lot of them send in uh, 50 bucks. Okay. And we appreciate it. But you know what? The, the Dutch, the Dutch are smart. They really are. They're, they're a suppressed peoples living under an awful terrorist monarchy. And, uh, they, they've got the GPS boxes coming into the cars. They'll be the first ones, dude. They're yeah. not, and they're not stupid. Okay. The Dutch are not stupid. They just have almost no chance of climbing out of the hole they've let themselves get into. So uh, they're looking to us to save them. I thought it shows you how smart they are. Of all the, well, we're, we're doing our best. Of all the people that wrote in the, the, this level, Ernie Ernst in Zurich, he, he does say he has a bunch of notes, but I'm going to only read the, the part you'd be interested in. Number three, and most important, it is very naive to think that all aliens come to our planet with good intentions. They are advanced, and so are their deception techniques. No, that's, co- that's correct. That's correct. The grays are not our friends. That's right. <laughs> no, no, it's the tall blondes uh, are good. Uh, including present company, and uh, the Greys are the Greys. You can actually do business with, so they they don't have an agenda one way or the other. They're the no agenda aliens, really. Uh, but you do have to deal with them. You have to do business with them. Otherwise, they'll just take their you know whoever they're like the Romulans. No, not the Romulans. Who are the little the creepy people on Star Trek? Ferengi. The Ferengi. Thank you. The Ferengi. It's all about the money. Now, now I'm going to read the notes. <laughs> John Cox, Adkins, Texas, gives us. He says, "I'm giving 110 dollars because you guys give 110 percent." Yay! Thank you very much. In the morning. Yes, we do. Uh, Russell Keller. Oops, jeez, I did it again. Breitai. Please, please don't mention my name on the air. <laughs> Welcome to the No Agenda Witness Protection Program, where you're guaranteed to get when we talk about you on the air. Greta. He, he just wanted to get off his chest and say that requiring the government's approval for a marriage is totalitarian and is indicative of the political climate today because so little consideration is taken seriously as to whether or not the government shouldn't be doing that in the first place. I see that as a sign we are screwed and the people do love Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, they do. Right. Have you seen that um, that the FBI is now putting on the big jumbotron uh, screen in Times Square, which is run by Clear Channel. Just like 1984, they're doing the top 10 list for their most wanted criminals. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's creepy. It is creepy. That's Big Brother. Hey. It's like, here's the bad people you anyway, need to thanks be. from Bretai, $200. Also, $250 from Oliver Judge, who really just says, keep up the good work. Uh, we also have a, a request. I'm going to read it because I want to uh, tell a Greg Wilson <clears throat> why we can't do this. He says, I like the donation plus the value of the following suggestion. Buy me rights to be the executive producer of the first five episodes of No Agenda ever created. Uh, don't state my no donation because it's not important, but he wants just to, to retroactively name executive producers, blah, blah, blah. And he says, that's a great idea. You should give me a no, few. No, we can't do that because no, it's not in the I show. We can't do it because this is not a bogus yeah. uh, title. 
No, it's a it's the real deal. I mean, and and you're mentioned in the show. It's discussed. We talk talk about the credit. You can send a clipping. No, it's it's a real official credit. It's not, and it is exactly the definition of an executive producer. You paid money into the deal. That means you get to screw the actresses, right? And one of these days, when we get some actresses working for you, you you can line up. (laughs) You can have them all. Uh, and then, of course, two hundred fifty dollars and fifty two cents from Ralph Nellison, N E L L E S S E. Nellison, yeah, from Aachen. Uh, Eighty three dollars from Mock Bodiford, Mobile, Alabama. Hundred bucks from uh, John Smith of St. Pete again. He's halfway to knighthood. Will probably uh, never be executive producer or associate producer. But I can give a hundred bucks a month. Blah blah blah. This is dedicated to the Aust- Australian. It was an Australian guy, by the way, not an Austrian, who had the balls of steel to do the in the morning plug during an interview. Yeah. He's my hero. Yeah, yeah, he he is. I I I played that again for myself just for a jolly. <laughs> that was so good. Roman Visentine uh, from San Jose is our big executive producer and new knight. And he says uh, again, I'm going to read this again because he deserves to have it read twice. Since Adam was so pissed off about the donations on Thursday, here is my payment for knighthood. I signed up for the $5 a month plan. Suck it, Adam. I'm sucking it, my friend. So uh, keep up the good uh, work. I love the show, and I guess he's uh, that's probably aimed, directed at me. So that's our group for this week. We appreciate that. And all the little donations, especially in the $5 subscriptions would be good. That's all we got? Yeah, that's all we got. All right. So um, I did get a few notes from people saying, hey, where's the $30 donation link? John, thanks for doing that. Yeah, that'll be up uh, on Tuesday. (sighs) The whole point was to have it up so people could, like, do it when they heard the show. I saw the one guy complaining. Okay, it was only one, but still. Good things come in threes. Yeah. There's a couple of guys that say... We so that was it, huh? That was more. it. All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate every single donation counts. Uh, at least getting some keeps us motivated. Please consider getting on a 5 or a 10 or by Tuesday a $30 a month uh, plan. Now, that may seem steep for some people, but it really isn't. No, for some people, it's not even steep. For There's some people that can afford it, and it's not really... If you take a look at what you're paying for parking... Yeah. Noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org slash NA. And for you in Russia, by the way, I had a number of people from Russia complaining they couldn't uh, get to the Dvorak.org slash NA. And so I got channeldvorak.com slash NA. And I have yet to see a Russian donation. Yeah, thanks for all the bitching. (laughs) Yeah, complain, complain, (laughs) complain. These Russians. So I, I would have to say the, the best fail, uh, governmental fail of the week uh, has to go to the FBI. Who, um, and I actually, I did go to the FBI website to, to make sure that this indeed, was, that they, this wasn't a hoax, because, you know, I've been hoaxed a couple times. Uh, they put out a new composite picture of Osama bin Laden, what he looks like today. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he looks like the guy who runs my gas station down here. Well, unfortunately, he looks like uh, a Spanish politician. Yeah, Be- uh, I'm sure you saw this, John. You you must have blogged it. So they actually took a picture of. By the way, uh, uh, an anti New World Order politician. Uh, Coincidentally, from- yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. 
And uh, they morphed his picture with Osama bin Laden's. And it's very obvious when you see the hairline and uh, even the eyes and the nose. All the links are in the show notes at noagendashow.com under the heading Ministry of Truth. And, uh, of course, it's got no real play anywhere. But, wow. I mean, this tells you a couple things. One, composite pictures are bogus. That's lame. They have no technology. Oh, we had all, you know, it's like CSI Miami. We, oh, we have put together a new composite. This is what, with aging techniques and all of our sophisticated algorithms, this is what he looks like today. No, they just <laughs> took two pictures. They took a picture of a guy they hated already and morphed it in Photoshop. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That has to tell you something about, and by the way, have you looked at the top 10 most wanted? It's like all, it's all guys from Spain and Mexico, and they're all wanted for killing their wife. And then there's Bin Laden, who's not even wanted for the September 11th attacks. Hey, there's the 1017. Or is the 1015 that's two minutes late? I think it's the 1015 that's two minutes late. It's when it rains, the trains go real slow down the track. I wanted to, uh, give a little shout out to, uh, the boys and girls down under. Not only do we have a lot of listeners slash producers in, in the lowlands, but also in Gitmo Nation down under. Um, I guess this is kind of a tradition. Every year they have one of the uh, Australian rules footballers, which isn't quite the same as rugby, I think. No, no, it's a, it's a much more complicated game. It's, yeah. it's actually quite highly entertaining. It's a, a very well. Australia in general is entertaining. And by the way, I'm going. I, John, you and I are going. We're going to Australia. I don't, I don't, this year. We should just go. Are you game, right? Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Australia as long as I don't have to go to Perth. Perth is beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, and prostitution is legal in Sydney. Yeah. Let's go this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they have the, uh, I guess the lamb council because, you know, they got a lot of lambs, a lot of sheep. A lot of lambs, and uh, they want people to, you know, it's they want people to eat it because it's good food. So they get one of these uh, Australian rules football players, uh, and they made a commercial. I just want to play the commercial because it's kind of funny. It gets really good at the end, and so uh, the guy's obviously reading from a script, but it's a beautiful fake set. I presume it's looking like the 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 United Nations, you know, Big Brother esque, and he's got big screens up on the wall of him, and he's doing this speech. And he wants uh, the United Nations to declare January 26th as International Australia Day in his so-called 2010 address. Uh, but he really, I, I really like some of the memes he's pushing out there. My fellow Australians and the rest of you, mankind is facing a pandemic that threatens its very existence. Un-Australianism. As a planet, we're not eating enough lamb. So he's in, in Chinese, he says, for example, a billion Chinese people not eating chops with their chopsticks. True young pie. <laughs> Consequently, un-Australian behavior is rife worldwide. In my own region, rugby league teams touring New Zealand would do a lot better if they shared lamb cutlets in their hotel rooms instead of what's on offer at the pub. And why can't English speakers pronounce Turkey air properly? Fancy calling a proud nation Turkey. What a load of Istanbul. People of the world. It's time to focus on what truly unites us. Lamb! What do Iraq and Barack have in common? Iraq in their name. Is there anyone in the Middle East who doesn't love a lamb feast? We could revive peace talks and bring everyone back to the table by renaming the holy city Jerusalem. <laughs> and as anyone that's had a curry in Pakistan knows, Islamabad? Of course it bloody well isn't. So the message is clear. Our world would be a better place if we were more Australian. If we all came together as mates over a lamb barbie, just like we do down under. 
which is why I'm asking the United Nations to declare January the 26th International Australia Day, a day when every citizen of the world throws some chops on the grill and proudly proclaims, Ish bin ein barbecue. <laughs> that should just about get me the Nobel Peace Prize next year. So don't be un Australian. Eat lamb on International Australia Day. You know it makes sense. I'm Sam Kekovic. I think that I think that's good. It is pretty funny. I like Lots it. Lots of puns. Is Lama bad? I bloody well think not. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. We got to go there, man. This is humor. I'm glad this stuff can still make it on the air. In America, it would be like, oh, you can't do that. You can't say that about these countries. Oh, yep. Jerusalem. Oh, you, you uh, Zionist. As <laughs> Jerusalem. So um, we were it's racist, wa- man. That's racist. It's racist, dude. Totally racist. So of course we were uh, way ahead of the curb uh, of the curb. <laughs> we're ahead of the curb too. <laughs> I tell you right now. That's it. We are ahead of the curb. So uh, now reports are uh, coming out all over the world. And in fact, this, I, I got this report from Pakistan that. Uh, there is a lot more tungsten fake gold than we than we have ever could have imagined. Yeah. Apparently, in the Bank of England in Fort Knox, and this all kind of started with the uh, with the uh, the gold that uh, the Chinese received uh, in two thousand nine, and uh, and they did a little test on it. You know, you got to you got to test your dope, and they said, okay, we're sending this back. Because uh, it was just uh, tungsten with a little bit of uh, uh, gold, gold on the plate. outside, which still, you know, a, a tungsten gold bar still costs, uh, I guess, like thirty or forty thousand dollars to put together. But that's a hell of a lot better than the four hundred thousand that it should be. Or well, actually, it's more now. Um, gold bar. Sells. Okay, but here's what's interesting. Uh, there was an article in late January two thousand four. In the, uh, I think it must have been the New York Post. District attorney investigating NYMEX executive. This is February 2nd, 2004. A top executive at the New York Mercantile Exchange is being investigated by the Manhattan District Attorney. Sources close to the exchange said that Stuart Smith, I love this name because you can Google that. You're going to get a million people except this guy. That's an impossible name to Google. Yes. Senior Vice President of Operations at the exchange was served with a search warrant by the District Attorney's office last week. Details of the investigation have not been disclosed, but a NYMEX spokeswoman said it was unrelated to any of the exchange markets. She declined to comment, blah, 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 blah. The officers of the senior vice president of operations, NYMEX, is exactly, of course, where you'd go to find the records of every gold bar. They're all stamped. Thank you, darling. They all have a physical number, and this is how they're all. These are the guys that track the gold bars, and they have to keep these records. So they show, you know, this is, you can track every single bar of gold. Now, um, the guy resigned, and no one has heard from him since. Okay. Coincidence? I think not. That's interesting. Yes. Now, April 14th, 2004, a few months later, uh, from Reuters, N.M. Rothschild & Sons Limited, the London-based unit of investment bank Rothschild, has announced it will withdraw withdraw from trading uh, commodities, including gold, in London, as it reviews its operations. So why did the Rothschild get out of gold 
two months after that investigation because they didn't want to have anything to do with it. They're like, we're getting out of this. This is a mess. It's all going to come. It's going to blow up. People are going to figure this shit out. We don't want any part of it. They got out in 2004. Good for them. Very, very smart. So um, I think that, uh, you know what? Maybe it would just be fun because we've got this whole uh, end the Fed movement. Perhaps the thing to do really is to say, you know what? We're, okay, forget the, the trillions of dollars that you won't tell us who you sent it to, you know, the, uh, the offshore banks, and, uh, and of course, the, uh, the poor Bloomberg reporter who uh, sued the, uh, the, the Federal Reserve over this information uh, died mysteriously of a mysterious disease. Guy was six foot nine, huge, athletic, fun guy. Um, so forget about that. We don't care. Why My advice just- to reporters getting involved in stories like this, just collect tweets. <laughs> and read them on the air. You, can, you too can make a paycheck. Um, I think we should just check the gold. You know, this is another thing. They always say, yeah, you can. Yeah, sure, you can check the gold. Make an appointment. So I think we should check the gold. But not just look at it physically, but we've got to test it. We've got to drill holes in it. We've got to see if there's tungsten in there. That would, and I think that, is there any, no one can stop that. There would be outrage if people said, we just want to see our gold. This has happened before, I believe. And they sent a whole bunch of shields. Damn good idea. You know, this is the way to stretch the, uh, to stretch the budget. What do you mean? You take your gold, you got 10 bars of gold, and you say, well, I can make this into 100 (laughs) bars of gold. Yeah. By buying a bunch of tungsten with one of the bars. And you use one bar to, you know, to buy the tungsten, and then you need a little smelter, I guess. And then you make them go. And <laughs> a, li- a little smelter. <laughs> <laughs> it had, so actually, when, now, that you, now that you mock me for saying little smelter, ah, that brings me to the point that this cannot be a two-bit operation. Oh, no. Oh, no, this, this is, is real. Yeah, this is real. Well, yeah. Probably involving the gold smelters themselves, the big boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that it would be interesting to just test our gold. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what? All the fake money, all that stuff that you guys have been hiding, we'll trade that. Just show us the gold. Show us the gold. That's a good meme, by the way, as well. People can get show into that. Us show gold. us the gold. Anyway, yeah. Well, all right, you've got a couple more clips. I'm bored of hearing I got myself. some other clips. So these are just miscellaneous clips that are kind of interesting. I, I think I've spotted a new meme that might be coming ab- about. I've got a little thing on the Tea Party because I thought it was interesting to listen to these guys on the McLaughlin report. Uh, by the way, uh, our d- continued discussion of Monica Crowley, I'm going to blog this. She was on the McLaughlin report, and I swear to God she was wearing some, some dominatrix uh, spikes that I don't know how tall they were. There was some Italian CFM shoe with a real pointy toe. It was, and they, the camera guys caught it, and I took a photo. And who who was wearing these? Just the blonde, the blonde Monica uh, Crowley. Crowley, really? Yeah, there were CFM shoes if ever there were, and they were uh, stilettos. Huh. So what are you saying? She's, <laughs> she's a dominate. She's into this kinky Dance. sex stuff. No, maybe she might be kinky into sex, but uh, it was funny to compare her to the other woman on the show. Was wearing the the the, the Democrat. She was wearing flats. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are actually sensible shoes of some yes, sensible flats, like your Crocs. 
anyway, exactly. So anyway, so so I'm listening to some of these shows. So I caught one of the other blondies that's floating around is this Margaret Hoover, who uh, O'Reilly just adores, and and he just always calls her Hoover. So they're talking about something or other. Which, by the way, is another sexual reference. Hoover. Oh, yes, yes. Because, of course, Hoover is a vacuum cleaner in the United United Kingdom, so she's actually a sucker. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying. Uh, Oral sex is what you're referring to. Correct. So Hoover goes off the she goes off the, she goes off the deep end trying to explain something and gets it so screwy that just play the Hoover piece and then it will go into the fact that by the way as you're listening to it remember that the there's a very famous book called Plato's Republic yeah it was not absolutely by Aristotle oh I saw this I saw this. I saw this piece, yeah. And I don't know if the Danes are so well, happy. Well, it's subjective. But let's just do it. When I heard that, I know it's subjective. I know. But when I heard the Danes are the happiest people on earth, I thought back to my ancestors in Ireland who were beheaded and raped by the Danish Vikings. <laughs> and I don't know if that was a happy experience I'm, perpetuated by the Danes back well, then. You know well, what I mean? If, if, you, if you think Aristotle had anything good to say about happiness, you know, he said... Aristotle? Happy, I know it's a... Is, it's is a, he it's Danish? I thought word. he was Greek. No, but listen to me because he had a few good nuggets that have lasted for a few thousand years. Yeah. He says happiness comes from satisfaction in four things. Vocation, family, community, and faith. And the more the government... Aristotle so, said that? Yeah, he did. I'm distilling it down for you so you don't have to read the Republic. Excellent. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was, by the way, in reference to Oprah featuring Denmark as the happiest place on earth. And she was up there talking to the Danes and they were like, yeah, we have free health care, so we're happy. Yeah, it was basically a propaganda piece. Yeah. But the Hoover come off with this, with this, uh, the, you know, the, the uh, you don't have to read Aristotle the- <laughs> said about happiness, including <laughs> yeah. faith. Well, she getting, she just, it sounds like maybe Voltaire would have said this, but it was just off the wall. And then she claims that he wrote the Republic. She's crazy, this girl. Well, we all know that Aristotle said there are four things to happiness. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. So, John, now you don't have to read The Republic. I won't have to read The Republic. <laughs> okay, so now, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Here's a couple other little pieces I got. Uh, apparently, the swine flu thing, and you might want to hit the swine flu minute thing, because it's only going to be a minute. Uh, they've got this, you know, now everybody's a little bit upset about the fact that they've all, all these governments, local, state, federal, they've all bought all these shots that nobody's taking. And, and they're saying, uh, it was the pharmaceutical companies, man. They took us for a ride, dude. They hyped it up. It wasn't true. The media is complicit. And now the the county apparently is trying to trying to get people to take this shot for free. Could just come and get it. Just take and, it already. We got to we got we got to write it off. But it's this woman who's giving this report. And the way she's she's with the you know county and and her her the latest rationale is not that there's going to be another wave and there's going to be. It's just just her just argument is get just get, just take a just shot. Take a sh- what what's the problem? It's not going to hurt, is it? I think in order to just. Uh, limit the impact that this is going to have on our community, the, the, the thing that you can do to help uh, to help us out, to help everybody out, is to just get vaccinated. County offered 10,000 doses of the H1N1 vaccine today. If you need to get vaccinated, you can contact your local health department.
Just, 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 you know, just help us just out just here. Just take it. Just, just, just get vaccinated. Just help us out. Just help us out. Help us out. Help a brother out, will you? Look, we got like a million doses of this stuff. Help me out. Just, just get the shot already. Because, so you know, because, you know, the doctors do get paid for the shot they administer. Ah, uh, well, they need the money. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm watching the Monica Crowley show with, uh, with McLaughlin and, uh, and her and her shoes, and this little. <laughs> I want to this, see this picture. I want to see this picture of her shoes. You're going to go wow. Uh, so they're really like high end Italian serious, jobs. They're serious, expensive stilettos. Mm, but they're really they're stilettos. So they're really. Show me this picture. <sighs> I got to see it. I can't. I can't enjoy the 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 sound clip without the visual. Well, this sound clip's got nothing to do with that. We'll bring up the picture later. <sighs> it's on the camera. I just, I just, this is a question I had to ask one. Let's, I just play a little bit of this tea party stuff. They start talking about the tea party on the show and they're talking about who may lead it and nobody leads its leader list and it's this, that, and the other thing. But just play this and then I have a comment to make. Who galvanized the tea party? Well, uh, that's a good question about galvanization. And by the way, I have to say that there was a time when I felt that you were a bit like McLaughlin. There's a little bit of McLaughlin in you. It probably is. Yeah, a little but bit. But I, I enunciate better. Yeah, well, he's he's gone over the edge. Now he, now he's really old. And, uh, 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 predictions next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Wrong is what's happening. Is that is that crazy woman? What's her, what's her name? Ellen? What's her name? Eleanor. Yeah, she's the Eleanor. She's the one with the, with the uh, flats. Of shoes. She's the one with the flats. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. All right, here we go. Because uh, Ron Paul was... I, I'm sorry, I got to back it up. I like Tony. You know Tony? Yeah, Tony's not on anymore. Oh, now it's, I love it's Tony. Monica Bump Tony. Oh, because Tony was kind of like a soprano. Yeah, and you he's know, gone because then he's not hot, you know, so uh, he's out. No, he's definitely not hot, but I liked him because he always had the sensible kind of point of view and he had the nice looking yeah, this, 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 this was Clarence Page, Monica, oh, Eleanor, and, and Buchanan. Uh, okay, at least Monica's on with her, with her hot stilettos. Okay, here we go. Well, uh, that's a good question about galvanization because uh, Ron Paul was one of them, but there are a number of people Dick around Army. the country with different tea parties. Yeah, uh, Dick Army uh, was certainly one who, with his organization, has helped to fund buses and all this. Ron Paul wasn't a Tea Party member. That's crap. No, the whole thing is false. He's a the member whole... of the Republican Party, and he's not a. He, I mean, he. No, he but they, it's they, good. they bring it around to the fact that the Tea Party people tend to like Ron. Paul. Oh, okay. Bring people out, but you've got a lot of Tea Parties around the country. This is an or this is uh, what uh, followers without real leaders. You don't have. It's they've grassroots. got they've got figureheads. Yeah, this is a true grassroots movement. Uh, okay, they, they got stop right head. there. That's basically what I was getting to. What happened to the meme they kept trying to push that it was a that it wasn't grassroots? A bunch of racists. Yeah, and and yeah, it was the 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 pharmaceutical companies and big oil, and these were the guys behind. It was astroturf, and they were carrying Nazi signs. So now it's a true grassroots movement, and that's the new meme. What? Why did they change? Why did they give up? Of course, they couldn't keep pushing that phony, but because you know they keep coming back at them with uh, you know. Who who was saying that? Who was the? That was Clarence Page from from the Chicago Tribune, the black guy. Okay. So I mean, yeah, but they all agreed around the. They all went around the horn and saying the same thing, which is yeah, it's a kind of a. Well, I'll tell you why, John. I'll tell you why. Everybody is hedging their bets because they knew how they know how big this really is. You know, the media is not showing it. The politicians know it. The media really does know. The, the, the Tea Party movement is big. 
And you know, we got a lot of people uh, uh, in the chat room listening to the stream who are a member of local local Tea Party groups. It's very much like uh, we are change. You know, these are people who really do stuff. And it's a hedge. It's a hedge because these people are all afraid that when the Tea Party starts to grow, they're going to get their ass kicked. So they're starting to suck up now. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what it is. Well, let's listen a little bit more. I, I, I like this. This is a good conversation. Let me hear some more. You know, Glenn Beck or, or Sarah Palin, who they like, uh, but nobody has really taken real leadership here or real organization. What's, this, what's happening here, though? We don't know. Oh, I'll take it one step further. I'll take it one step further for you, sir. They are trying to help find the leader. Because if you can get the leader and be on his side in the beginning, then that's where all the power is going to be. No, I think it's even more. I think it's more sinister than that. I think what they're really going to do, and if they, I don't think I get all the way to the end of this whole clip, but at the very end, uh, I well, let's think try it. Let's try it. What the hell? Let's try it. Let's just, let's just go through it. This is interesting. This is a, this is a, this is the kind of stuff we have to deconstruct. This, John. This is our job. We took an oath when we entered an oath of poverty. Apparently, <laughs> we're like monks. <laughs> we need some alms. That's it. We should stop calling it donation and call it alms. All right, brother John. Here's our oath of poverty. <laughs> How big the Tea Party movement movement is. Uh, we do know they've got a loud voice, uh, and that they are working right now uh, to, at the precinct John. level in the Republican Party to try to work their way up. But if they really become a significant force, I think we're going to start to see Democrats begin to listen to them. John, this hasn't uh, happened yet. You saw the Tea Party group basically in action twice in the last two or three years. One was for the anti-immigration reform thing, where they really took down the Kennedy, McCain, Bush immigration reform by a grassroots movement. The second was after the nomination of Sarah Palin, this enormous surge to McCain, huge crowds coming out when he couldn't get a couple of hundred people before then. It's an ad hoc, it's a, it's a very broad-based movement. I think it's even broader than simply economics. But what Paul well, is... Well, Buchanan Brigades. Well, Buchanan Brigades and Parotistas, Parotistas in 92 and the early 90s were the same, exact same things. This could be who? very hold important on, on, in the primaries. Now, stop, Paul, stop, stop. The who? The Parotistas? Paratistas. I don't know what that he's referring to, but it's some sort of, I guess, I don't he's, know, party. He's saying it's the same as the Tea Party. <laughs> we should know about in the 90s. You were alive then. Well, I, I was, yeah, and I remember the Buchanan stuff. It was all underground, but I don't know I don't know that moniker. I've never heard it before. I mean, we can. it's probably in Wikipedia, but uh, I haven't heard the moniker before. He just threw it out there trying to make it appear as though he, uh, Buchanan, was, uh, who, who makes some good observations, but he, I think he's always feel, felt he's been slighted as a serious politico true well by the way a, a correction ron paul actually held the first tea party in modern times and from that the tea party was born but uh it was indeed called the tea party and it was it was a great meme that he said guy's a genius the freaking genius. Here we go. Buchanan Brigades. Uh, well, Buchanan Brigades and Parotistas, Parotistas in 92 and the early 90s were the same, exact same things. This could be very important in the primaries. Now, Paul, Ron Paul will do better. He's not going to be nominated, but he will do better than he did before if he runs again because you'll get some of those folks. But right now, quite frankly, the one candidate who can get him better than anybody else is Miss Sarah Palin. Who wins Massachusetts, Brown or Democrat Coakley? Brown wins. The revolution is on. Well, it would be very sad if that happened i agree that and would I that think, would be and, and that, that is quite sinister i agree and i think you're you're spot on the money john it makes a lot of sense bring her on to fox give her the glenn beck type of exposure and voice and she'll be talking tea party this tea party that and and the, the true tea party will have to be very vigilant in combating that 
because yeah, it's going to be people are going to oh she's perfect for us and she will suck up she'll hoover up to the tea party like nobody's business and uh, you know and I, like I don't her. I don't she hate her but she's it. she's wrong she is not right for the tea party right oh, yes. right. yeah she, you're right that's pretty sinister so they're working on pushing her agenda and of course we I think we've discussed this before all these networks are owned by the same basic people and so they're going to take uh, Sarah and move her into a higher profile so she gets a lot of attention as a analyst oh it was Perot dude the Perotistas oh right Perotistas Perot Ross Perot duh thank you uh, chat room I got my eye uh, on you anyway so the uh, somebody does so and, or, or it was the or the Paraquat Smokers Union we're not quite sure there's a debate. <laughs> <laughs> very dangerous stuff by the way so um they're going to push uh uh sarah on to the top of the make her the head of the thing somehow oh gosh that would be hor- that would be and well you know what this show but wait stop this shows how powerful this movement is this is huge this really shows it if they are so afraid that they are now already trying this and make no mistake this airs on MSNBC, I think. Or no, that that show airs on PBS. You're right, it is PBS. I'm sorry. Yes, the people who uh, take advertising, um, or whatever you want to call or whatever it, whatever you want to call it. Um, they are so afraid of this movement that's going on that they are now trying, and this happens all the time. They do this in the foreign countries. This is what the CIA actually does. You know, we got to push a new leader in there, and uh, it's the new Che Guevara. And you know what? You can take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, you can take it to the bank. So anyway, so I found that to be a little upsetting. Um, yeah, because I, I have a huge belief uh, in the it, in the Tea Party movement, and a lot of people uh, are in my in my. Um, we have two knights that are in the movement. Yeah, oh yeah, we yeah two knights. We have a lot of people who are in the movement, and now. And, and and you know what? But there's a lot of people who are really starting to wake up. They're still very susceptible to what's going on, and they could be fooled. So I just want to make make no mistake: Sarah Palin in the Tea Party is not a good idea. It's a bad idea. We need like some farmers. Willie Nelson would be good. So now I'm looking. Of course, it's hard to you know. You, a lot of people watch this and kind of miss the fact that it's a little piece of propaganda because they're staring at Monica's feet. Yeah, at the stilettos, like, oh, hot, hot chick stiletto. Sarah Palin is good for the tea party. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it works. That's where. That's where you, you know, know, you know what's next, John? Okay, we have determined that Sarah Palin is perfect to lead the tea party. The science is in. Okay, now the last clip I have, uh, thank God, is uh, a new. I think there's a new meme coming up. This they do this every once in a while. I'm not absolutely sure. I'm just going to let you play it. I'm not absolutely sure why they're doing it. Apparently, they're doing it in England, and they've already ran it out. And there's nothing wrong with cutting down on your salt consumption. I'm just a little concerned when we have government propaganda showing up as news stories. This is actually not even produced locally, but played around. It's one of those video um, press, you know, that you send them. Oh, video. electronic press kit. It's an electronic press kit. That has in, to insert do- your local reporter here. Right, and in fact, in this case, they didn't insert anybody that's local, but it's like it's supposed to be a balanced report, you know, and they have somebody saying, and, and the, the only thing I can deconstruct from it that's interesting is that they're trying to make the idiotic argument that flavor stems from a lot of salt. 
Well, that's and ridiculous. I'm not sure if they're actually trying to push salt with this or they're trying to tell people to use less salt. But I think it's a, it's one of these. We should stop doing this. And then with the underlying message that we should do it more. Huh, kind I, of like a drug commercial. I could be wrong. Yeah, okay. like a drug commercial. Let's have, but a, little, let's have a little listen. Have right. a, little. a popular seasoning used to give blame. Okay, stop. It's, it's not a seasoning. It's not a seasoning. <laughs> Even I know that. It's not a seasoning. It was intended initially to keep stuff from rotting. Isn't that what salt was used for? Wasn't that the big... Yeah, it's a preservative. Preservative. Thank you. That's the word. So like that, that salt was a huge discovery because you could put your meats in there and they would not rot. Yeah, but it's used, you know, you use it to offset. It does change the electrolytic balance of your, you know, taste buds and whatever. And it oh, does sure. make things ch- t- taste different. Okay. But, you know, anyone who's ever gone completely off of salt knows that you, you, your flavor buds pick up after a while. And you, you try to get a balance. You don't obviously want your food to be too salty. Where, did, anyway. where did you uh, record this from? What uh, fine... This was a local news show. I think it was KPIX uh, in San Francisco. Uh, so that, is that part of the W? No, it wouldn't be a W. This would be a, a, uh, a CBS station. CBS, right. CBS. Yes. A popular seasoning. A popular seasoning used to give bland food a kick. And you know that was in the script. Oh, yeah. That was in the script. She's not just dumb. It was in, the, it was in the script. supposed to give bland food a kick. Okay. A popular seasoning used to give bland food a kick is under attack. The government is looking for ways to get people to cut back on how much salt they use. Brian Wilson reports on the salt crackdown. Brian Wilson, wasn't he a in top, New York City? The health commissioner a, says a top 40 disc jockey. No, it sounds like no, he used to be the head of the Beast Boys. But no, this guy, by the way, he's not a local reporter. He is like somebody he's in Washington, D.C. or something. But anyway. All right, I'm going to hit it from the top and shut up. A popular seasoning used to give bland food a kick is under attack. The government is looking for ways to get people to cut back on how much salt they use. Brian Wilson reports on the salt crackdown. In New York City, the health commissioner says we need to slash 25% of the salt from our foods. Today, New Yorkers were responding as only they can. It makes the food taste good. We, we don't have to eat it and we don't have to buy it. No one's putting a gun to our head. I like Kraft macaroni and cheese and it's loaded with salt. Let me eat it. Currently, the FDA says you should consume at most about 2,300 milligrams of salt each day. That's about a teaspoon. But there are signs the FDA is on board with this idea of cutting the amount of salt in your food. FDA Commissioner Margaret Hamburg said... That's Peggy Hamburger. The FDA is investigating ways to work with others in government and in industry to reduce sodium in the American diet. The National Salt Reduction Initiative shines an important spotlight on the sodium issue and is helping to stimulate public and industry interest in sodium reduction. Over in the UK, where the food is so bad that you have to add a lot of salt... (laughs) What? <laughs> okay, I mean that's like Britain should now. I love. I knew should like declare that. war, declare war on the United States. Over in the UK, where where food is so bad, you've got to be drunk and you've got to pour the whole salt shaker on it just to get it down your gillet. This is what passes for news reports. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear that one again. Public and industry interest in sodium reduction. <laughs> Over in the UK, where the food is so bad that you have to add a lot of salt in order to choke it down. This- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to choke it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subjective reporting. Oh, my God. 
I'm actually choking on my own vomit. Hold on. <laughs> All right. I got to hear it again. <laughs> Public and industry interest in sodium reduction. Over in the UK, where the food is so bad that you have to add a lot of salt in order to choke it down, this assault on salt has been going on for some time. Salt. Is your food full of it? Well, is it? The Salt Institute insists that without salt, foods will be bland, and people will just pick up the salt shaker. Those who manufacture foods, they say, will likely experiment with other ways to make food taste better. And that could be a complex cocktail of chemicals that folks don't want, and they'd much rather have natural, organic salt that people have been eating for thousands of years. And it seems unlikely that restaurateurs will be willing to use less salt, who, after all, wants the reputation of being that place that serves food with no taste. I want the food to taste great. So the, the only thing that could really persuade me to stop using salt would be if people started insisting that I not use salt, i.e. my customers, not the government. <laughs> so what should consumers who do not want the government pinching their salt do about all this? Oh. Pinching their salt. Good little pun, buddy. <laughs> I think consumers who really just enjoy food that tastes good should make their voices be heard, you know. And if not, they should probably stock up on salt shakers. Before I'm contacted by angry doctors from across the country, let me acknowledge that too much salt is bad for you. It can hurt your heart, it can hurt your kidneys, and it can give you high blood pressure. It's also true that salt is an essential element of life, just as important as water. In Washington, Brian Wilson. Oh, there is so much, so much in this. Uh, I know there's some clips we can pull out, too. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> okay, so first of all, uh, for so those of you who are... maybe done the choke it down thing after Hoover. Yeah, really. Sorry. So, uh, that's ba-doom. So, uh, okay, so, wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, first of all, people... Uh, if you look at the table, there's another thing next to it, which is actually intended to, to add a kick to your food. It's called pepper. Okay? <laughs> and there are many herbs and spices that can make your food taste wonderful. It's, this salt thing is crazy. I, I think, John, actually what this may be, and I have a, I have a story here from uh, Gitmo Nation UK. Um, it seems more like this is a part of the government just telling you how to live your life. Actually, I'm sorry, not UK. This is from Dan and this is um, from Australia. Government workers will teach Victorian parents how to raise their children under a radical overhaul of the state's child protection system. Um, they uh, Newly hired social workers will spend up to a year teaching parents basic skills, such as disciplining children, making healthy meals, and managing school schedules. I think that if anything, it's more this. It's more of, you know what? You don't know what's good for you. We're going to tell you what's good for you. Uh, yeah, you can fight us, but uh, it's, it's really unhealthy for you. And the government knows what's good for you, and you should listen to us. I think that has to be a big part of it. On well, the other it, hand... I'm sorry. It was this woman hamburger and Peggy, uh, Peggy and hamburger. her salt reduction initiative, something that this is instead of keeping these crazy drugs like like Chantix, like Chantix off the market. This is what she's doing. Uh, here we go. I don't get it as a 58th problem. I'm just looking. Um, I'm 
seeing if I can find anything about salt. Uh, salt initiative, salt reduction initiative, American salt reduction initiative, or some crazy thing. I could, I could listen to the clip again. It's too long, but I can pull it out. Well, cool. something we should certainly keep our eye on. <laughs> it's just crazy. And, uh, and if anything, it was an assault on the empire of the United Kingdom. It was an all-in-all-out assault. Notice the pun. It's an assault. It's an assault. Ha, 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 ha. By the hey. way, Bytelaw just sent me a note, which I just I think should mention. It's got nothing to do with this, but I should mention it anyway. He says that Pat Buchanan's comment about Sarah Palin may be an indicator that he wants her to run for president with him as VP. <laughs> yeah, there's a ticket. <laughs> there's a ticket to hell. If they dress up in leather, maybe. Get some, get, get some of Crowley's heels, and I'm looking at you, Pat Buchanan. Then maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. Tons of great news about the world's best company, best-run company with the world's best CEO. We know it as Monsanto. Uh, Monsanto News. We should have our own special Monsanto News Bulletin, since they soon will be their own country. Uh, They have purchased Westbread for $45 million in a move that will expand its seeds and traits portfolio to include wheat. Westbred, a company specializing in wheat germoplasm, the crop's genetic material with breeding capabilities and commercial operations that will form the heart of Monsanto's wheat portfolio. John, could you uh, please tell me what this could mean to us? I don't know, some sort of toxin in the food supply. Well, I mean, tell me about wheat. Wheat uh, Wheat is used everywhere. It's used to make bread. Yeah. Don't we, like, eat a lot of bread? It's a staple. Yeah. It's a staple, right? Uh, here's the one that kind of freaked me out, though. Um, they've hired a new guy at uh, the Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And this is the, na- the man named Sam Dryden. And Sam Dryden is a Monsanto shill. He has been in the GM business all his career. He was also, by the way, at Union Carbide during the famous Bhopal, India disaster. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That happened right after he left. Uh, but, of course, that plant was put into operation while he was there. What's this guy's name again? Sam Dryden, D-R-Y-D-E-N. In addition to his for-profit activity, Sam has extensive pro bono involvement in efforts related to food security and international economic hitmen, I mean development. Currently, he is an advisor to the World Bank regarding rural development strategy, a member of the board of directors of the Global Crop Diversity Trust. Nice. Sam serves on the Nation Academics Panel on Science and Technology for Global Sustainability. Dude, this guy has eugenicists written all over him. In the past, he served on the steering committee for the Global Assessment of Agricultural Science and Technology led by the World Bank, a member of the Executive Council, as well as the Private Sector Committee, a consultative group on international agricultural research. He has been advisor to the Rockefeller, McKnight, and MacArthur Foundations, and a member of the Design Advisory Committee and Scientific Advisory Board of its African Agricultural Technology Foundation. In the mid-80s, Sam chaired a Rockefeller, Rockefeller Brothers Fund development initiative to benefit developing country food security. Food security. He also served on the board of the South and North Development Initiative, a private Rockefeller fam- family foundation for alleviation of rural poverty. 
Sam is also a member of the Council of Foreign Relations and serves on its advisory committee on intellectual property and America competitiveness, also known as the people who protect Monsanto. In the past, he served on he served on its study group analyzing trade issues between the United States and Europe surrounding genetically modified foods. Whoa, this is not a good dude. <laughs> So uh, I just thought that was uh, rather interesting. That he is now. Let me just read just a a commentary from the Grist, uh, who's talking about this, and this is just the blogger saying the following: that whether Western biotech can really feed the world remains a matter of great debate. But the Gates Foundation positions on whether GMOs are a panacea no longer need to be debated. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, John, don't tell me. Yes! The science is in! No longer needs to be debated. We all agree. Science! Science! Of course, what he meant by that is that the gates have bought in hook, hook, line, and sinker. Yes. Obviously. There's more about uh, Peggy Hamburger of the FDA. And this kind of blew me away. Uh, In a major shift on Friday, the agency said, oh my goodness, BPA, or bicephanol A, widely used in plastic bottles and food packaging, which it declared safe in 2008, Peggy Hamburger comes out and says, well, um, there's some concern about the potential effects of BPA on the brain, behavior, and prostate gland of fetuses, infants, and children. This stuff might actually kill you. So, what do we believe here? <laughs> it was safe in 2008, and now they're say- it's actually going on to say, uh, here's some things you can do to limit your exposure to BPA. Throw away scratched or worn bottles or cups made with BPA, which is plastic. Don't put very hot liquids into cups or bottles with BPA. And check the labels on containers to make sure they are microwave safe. Also, the agency recommended mothers breastfeed their infants for at least 12 months. Liquid formula contains traces of BPA. I mean, whoa. I'm talking sippy cups... Almost every single child uh, eating utensil or vessel is made of plastic with BPA. A lot of it is. Uh, most of the modern plastics are are this hard, this hard, interesting plastic. Which, right, uh, but you got kids like teething, and they scrape that. You no, know, yeah, no, they probably eat the stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, probably to- they are. You have had kids. You know, your your kids still are on the sippy cup. They are, but one of them mainly because he's at Mevio, and that's required. <laughs> it's- that's right. So that's true. Looking, okay, so we got we got to look at the, you know there may be something more to this story, and I'm going to start uh, digging because uh, let's see in the U.S. the the this biphenyl A, Texas bisphenyl A. Uh, it was estimated in the U.S. It's manufactured by Bayer Material Science, Dow Chemical, and SABIC, GE Plastics, formerly Hexion Specialty, and Sunoco. These companies, uh, are they in the doghouse uh, for some reason or other would be the question I'd start to ask. Could be. Could be. They're, they're, they're getting slapped? Yeah, it's possible. 
All right, let me run through a couple more, John, as we kind of wind down just some stuff that uh, have to get off my chest. Senior Iranian anti-drug official has officially accused the U.S., Britain, and Canada of playing a major role in Afghanistan's lucrative drug trade. Uh, this happens on the sidelines of an anti-drug conference in Tehran, <laughs> which is just I like just love these co- coincidences. Like, yeah, I know, but you should have like it's like having a a gambler's anonymous at the win. Right. On the sidelines of an anti-drug conference in Tehran, deputy head of Iran's drug control headquarters, Taha Tahiri, said that Western powers are aiding the drug trade in Afghanistan. Oh, you you don't say. According to our indisputable information, which I'd like to see, the presence of the United States, Britain, and Canada has not reduced the the, the drug trade, and the three countries have had major roles in the distribution of drugs. IRIB quoted, that's, uh, I guess, the Russian uh, press bureau, quoted Tahiri as saying on Thursday. Yeah, really? Yeah, don't say. But here's what was interesting. Um, And you'll have to help me explain this. Um, Tahiri added that drug catalysts are being smuggled into Afghanistan through borders that are controlled by the U.S., British, and Canadian troops. Some 13,000 tons of drug catalysts are brought into Afghanistan every year as the war-torn country is the producer of 90% of the world's opium. Uh, a drug catalyst? Yeah, apparently. I don't know what the drug catalyst is, but the, now that they mention it, it's it would be a uh, chemical that's involved in the manufacturing and hastens uh, uh, whatever process is going on. It's, it, it, it's Roundup Ready. It, well, no, Roundup Ready is not a catalyst of any sort. It's, it's something like... Uh, uh, it's like the, uh, the the platinum in the in the in the catalytic converter in your car, where you get the gas goes through it. The platinum helps. Break, Ooh, help you. Oh, help! Okay, gives you gives you more power. It may, no, it doesn't give you more power. It may it takes out what it's supposed to take out in an efficient way. In other words, the catalyst makes manufacturing the drug easier. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I w- I would just say the thing to do is Google. U.S. troops protecting poppy fields and click on the images tab and you will see tons and tons of pictures of and I don't they could be Blackwater for all I know. You can't really tell. I'd hate to think that our troops were actually doing that, but they're protecting the poppy fields. It, this is a well-known scam. And by the way, this Haitian thing is is handy because they can stop the coke trade, which they hate. That's why they've been poisoning it with anti-worming, deworming crap. Because it's heroin they want you on. They want you on Chantix and heroin. And by the way, what's the difference? It's the same stuff. At least it seems that way. Well, it's high, it's, it seems highly... Uh, uh, it's not a good product to be right. ingesting. Uh, then I have uh, one more for you, John. And now, back to real news. Oh, finally! Yes. The headline of the week... Floor collapses at Swedish Weight Watchers Clinic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a classic. <laughs> I loved it. That's too funny. <laughs> we suddenly heard a, a huge thud. We almost thought it was an earthquake and everything flew up in the air. The floor collapsed in one corner of the room and along the walls. <laughs> Then the floor started to give way in other parts of the room. Shortly thereafter, the smell of sewage began to waft up into the room. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part of uh, my favorite real news of the day. I really like 
<laughs> like it can't be. And then uh, this was really nice. This is from a uh, this is from a show running on Nickelodeon, so it's for kids. It's called The Mighty Bee. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. I have not, but uh, listen to this nice little clip from The Mighty Bee. I could have written the script myself. Water check. Kathy check. Headlamp check. Medical records check. One copy of Atlas Shrugged check. Buddy. There we go. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> God. Oh, there, I do have one other piece of real news, which is kind of fun. <clears throat> San Diego. Dateline, San Diego. Students were evacuated from Millennial Tech Magnet Middle School in the Chalice View neighborhood Friday afternoon after an 11-year-old student brought a personal science project that he had been making at home to school, authorities said. Maurice yeah, Luke. Spokesman for the San Diego Fire Rescue Department said the student had been making the device in his home garage. A vice principal saw the student showing it to other students at school around 11.40 a.m. and was concerned that it might be harmful. The San Diego police were notified. Time for Dragnet. The school, which has about 440 students in grades 6 to 8, emphasizes technology skills, was initially put on lockdown. Lockdown! Shut up, kids! You're locked down! No one getting out! Lockdown! Well, authorities responded. Luque said the project was made of a half-empty liter Gatorade bottle with some wires and other electrical components attached. There was no substance inside. When police and the Metro Arson... When police and the Metro Arson Strike Team responded... I didn't know we had that. The Metro Arson Strike Team. They also found electrical components in the student's backpack which could be like a cell phone for all you know. After talking to the student, it was decided about 1 p.m., so they were on lockdown for almost three hours, no, two hours. Can you this imagine is- the message? Now, this story, it, for one thing, this is a technical school, supposedly, where the kids are supposed to be doing this kind of stuff. They, so the, just, what just, kind of... The kid was making a motion detector advice, which is known yeah. as, I think, an Argus plate or something, which is a, it's a very simple experiment. Yeah, no, it's something kids would do if they're into it's science. Like the, it's like a volcano, you know. It's like it's like the baking soda volcano. Yes, I'm sorry, I missed science. science! I, 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 I missed the. So cue. the question you have to ask yourself with all these kids: Well, how? What is their takeaway? Insofar as how adults act, this has got to scare the crap out of kids. Well, it gets better. The student John will not be prosecuted, but authorities were recommending that he and his parents get counseling. Get counseling, you slave! Don't you dare make an Argus plate motion detector. Don't you dare make a baking soda volcano. You need counseling. Well, if they needed, you know, that may have been because the kid told them to. Go you know, fuck yourself. It. <laughs> it's like, hey, principal, suck this. Hoover this, bitch. Jeez. Sorry sorry to throw that out at the end, but I couldn't. I, I've been pretty good. You would know you had about three. I'm going to bring the duck call out, and I'm just going to keep track of your cursing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point is, it's it, this is one of the dumbest stories I've ever heard. We have it on the blog, by the way, if anybody wants to go read it there. My headline was, Idiots at School Go on Lockdown Over Child Science Project That Has Wires. Lockdown. I did put one uh I'd put one story in the show notes just because it still is ongoing obviously um 
But there's a pretty interesting story about uh, NOAA, GISS. These, of course, are the uh, National Climate uh, Data Centers in the United States uh, who have uh, done a great job of uh, helping us all believe the science is in on uh, climate change by removing <laughs> by removing uh, weather data. Uh, here's, here's the key piece. In the 70s, GISS and NOAA... What's GISS, John? It's the... Uh, I have no idea. I can look it up. It's the... Uh, Government Interagency Services... Sec, sec, I don't know. No, anyway, just anyway the NOAA is the National Oceanographer... What is it? You don't get... <laughs> <laughs> you know, those guys. Write it down next yeah, time. Those guys. They took their temperature data from 6,000 weather Not stations. Institute for Space Studies. Thank you. Oh, there you go. So these are like NASA dudes. Yeah. These are government organizations. They took their, their temperature data from 6,000 weather stations around the world. By 1990, this figure had mysteriously dropped to 1,500. Even more mysteriously, this 75% reduction in the number of stations... Was used that that, was, that occurred had a clear bias against those at higher latitudes and elevations, like in Bolivia, where um, they uh, they they here it is. Uh, where it's not warming up so much, right? So it's it, we just got to keep on top of these stories. That's what the show notes are for at noagendashow.com. There's just a lot of links, and it's just good to track all of this stuff because. Uh, Someone's got to do it, and uh, as I'll just give myself some props. It's good. There's good stuff in there. There's good stuff in these show notes. It's really worth it. Yeah, it's good. In fact, if I were was was, uh, I would save page complete when looking at them in case they all disappear for some. Yeah, or use some of that Insta paper stuff, which is actually quite good. So um, anyway, dvorak.org/na or channeldvorak.com/na to help us out. Yeah, or just go to noagendashow.com. And we do need some help. We've had a pretty rough start for 2010. Understandable with uh, the loss of jobs, the economy. Uh, it's understandable, but uh, please think of us because uh, <laughs> we're not doing that well. We have taken the oath of poverty to bring you this information. But we, I think, I think, you know, I think we're bringing out good, good material. We are, and I just and like we're to follow up on some of it, and like the uh, spike heels that Monica Crowley likes so much. Yes, important things we have to look into. Uh, at any rate, I will say that you have all the tools inside of you to change your perception, your reality of the world. Uh, just look inside instead of buying the new Nike shoes. That's really all you need to do. You have it all inside of you. Human beings are the most creative beings in the universe. And with that, I say, coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California, in the Crackpot Command Center, I'm Adam Curry. And from the Buzzkill Bunker here in raining northern Silicon Valley, where raining, it's raining. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back here to continue our Oath of Poverty on Thursday on No Agenda.